We've got both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. Going up, Ashley Simpson, right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Now it's time to take a peek into the lives of the Simpsons sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Jolie. Oh my gosh. We are finally here. <laughs> we are about to discuss Jessica Simpson's first studio album, Sweet Kisses. And I just, I can't wait to talk about this. I'm so hyped. I don't even know how to explain how excited we get for this. It's just so funny. It's a 21-year-old album. Right. And, <laughs> you know, but we just love doing this podcast so much and we're so appreciative to you guys for listening and interacting with us on our Instagram and Twitter and everything. And it's just so much fun. It makes it worth it. You know, it, that's half of it is I'm excited because in a way I'm reliving all of this and I'm getting yeah. to talk about it with Leah, who I obviously didn't know at the time it was relevant. Right. Uh, or that it was airing, I should say, because it's still very much relevant. It's the most relevant thing in the world. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's new and exciting for that. But it's also like, we get excited, like posting polls or like when you guys comment us about like, oh, like you talked about this, but I have a little bit more information or like... Like, oh, do you have this picture or have you seen this video? Like, we love when you guys send us things. It makes it so worth it. I appreciate it, too, because I'm very much a all-or-nothing person. Like, I love to be thorough. And around this time, yes, I was a fan of Jessica, but I was so young that I wasn't reading every single thing and whatever. And I think I was definitely more invested in Britney and NSYNC at the time. And now that I'm so much more invested in Jessica and Ashley and everything hearing these little details that I missed at the time are so valuable to me I'm like oh my gosh now I know the whole story you know yeah it's not our first album review because we did rejoice in our Christmas episode if you missed that what are you doing yeah come on now that was a mistake but you can correct it by listening we forgive you yes we forgive you so listen to that but this is our first album of original content of Jessica's yes That we're reviewing, and we're skipping over her Christian album, Jessica, for now. We might get into that another time, but we wanted to dive into how most of us got to know the queen of the world and love, (laughs) yes, Jessica, and that is with Sweet Kisses. So when we do these album reviews, we're gonna kind of review the whole era as far as music videos go, certain performances, any. TV specials, iconic moments, et cetera, et cetera. We've done a lot of research. (laughs) I mean, you would think that I'm getting ready to like 
go work with Anderson Cooper on, you know, some Sanjay Gupta mission trip because I have done so much research and taken this so seriously, but we want this podcast to be good for you guys. And hopefully, even though you're all Jessica and Ashley fans too, you'll learn a thing or two. We hope so. Yeah. So Sweet Kisses was released on November 16th, 1999, a blessed holy day. It sold 65,000 copies in its first week. And in total, it has sold 4 million copies. Amazing. Yes. It peaked at number 25 on Billboard. Like I said, Jessica was never a huge charts person for some reason because people are dumb. Right. I said this in our last episode, actually, because you brought up that it took a really long time for the album to be complete. And I actually watched this interview on YouTube of Jessica that is from 1999. And she said, I've had a record deal for two years. It's taken me two years and three months to complete this album. Right. As a reminder, Tommy Mottola said, oh, we're going to have your album out in six months, which in that case, she would have been out before Britney and Christina, but that was not the case. As I said, Tommy Mottola's actions are punishable by death. <laughs> I am not fond of him. And let me just get into the whole story because Tommy Mottola is going to come up, of course. As much as we hate him, he did sign Jessica, so he did one good thing in his life. Well, he signed Mariah and Jessica, so he did two good things in his life, but then he proceeded to not treat them the way they deserve to be treated, especially Mariah, but obviously Jessica wasn't in an intimate relationship with him, thank God. Right. Before I get into the story of how it all came to be, my general thought on this album is that although I think she should have had more singles, I'm kind of glad that she didn't because her three singles on this album are so strong. Right. And I know it's whack to compare her to Britney and Christina, but we're in the time machine back to 1999 now, so that's going to happen naturally because so much of what happened to Jessica is because of what happened First to Britney, then to Christina. So it is relevant. And if you take, in my opinion, Britney's first three singles, which are Baby One More Time, Sometimes, and You Drive Me Crazy, the remix. Then if you take Christina's first three singles, which are Genie in a Bottle, What a Girl Wants, and I Turn to You. To me, like, Baby One More Time is stratosphere. Like, that's not even, I mean, like, I'm not saying, oh, Britney's so much better. It's not even that. That song is like an anomaly. It's in another universe of success. And it's really one of the best pop songs ever written, in my opinion. So, like, I'm not even counting that, really. But if you take just the three, like, I don't understand how Sometimes was Britney's second single. That's weird to me. And then I Turn to You is such a weak song for Christina. I don't even understand. These were the slow. I mean, I guess uh, Sometimes is mid-tempo. But, like, these are the slower songs that they chose. Yeah, I think they were trying to be like, oh, they have range, but eh. But they didn't even let Christina sing as much as she wanted to. I no. Turned to You is kind of, it's a nice song, whatever. And then I think, like, if you compare that ballad to I Want to Love You Forever, like, are you joking? That's a joke. And then, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I really do think that she had the strongest, not only three singles, but she also had the strongest sense of self because Christina has talked so extensively about how even though she was thrilled to have a record deal and she made it and she was number one and blah 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 she was miserable I mean if you watch any of her interviews with Dirty or any of the stripped TV specials she was really upset that you didn't let her sing as much as she wanted to she wanted to be this bluesy soul singer and she was doing genie about like it's so silly we all love that song at the time you know as kids we were doing that thing where you put your palms together and then swerve them like a snake we all did that but (laughs) (laughs) but it's really impressive to me because 
the thing that touches me about this album is that despite the label insisting that she do certain things, the album is a very representative of Jessica. Right. It's not just, here's these pop songs that Britney rejected and you need to sing them in a belly shirt now. Maybe that was more her second album, which we'll talk about it when we get there, but I actually love that album. I remember that album a lot clearer than this one, actually. Like some of these songs I totally didn't remember, so it was really fun discovering them. But Irresistible, I have a pretty strong memory of listening to all those, but... Her first single did show off her voice in amazing ways. I bet Christina was jealous because Christina really wanted to belt like that and have, she wanted everyone to know that she was a real singer. Not that Britney's not a singer. I actually love Britney's voice and that's a whole other story of how they made her sing in that baby register when she really could sing deeply and if you watch her videos as a child, it's like a different person and all that. But Christina wanted to prove I'm not Britney. I can sing. I want it to be more about my voice. And Jessica was saying the same stuff, but they actually let her do it. (laughs) Yeah. I think the reason why that worked so much was it's noted that Jessica's label wanted Sweet Kisses to be different from Christina and Britney because they were a little bit more sexually risque. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they kind of use that as leverage of like, oh, well, we're not going to put her or they didn't immediately put her in these like tiny outfits and we're pushing more sexual innuendos in her music. Mm -hmm. That was what made her a little bit more different than them. Yeah. It's just insane that Christina had this double entendre that she didn't even want to do. And she's singing Rub Me the Right Way. And she's, I think she was 17 when she recorded it, 18 when it came out. That's that's, weird. That's crazy. The weird thing is that Britney wasn't even overtly sexual when she first came out. It was that Rolling Stone cover that changed things. But Baby One More Time, she's like a normal girl that tied up her shirt. I mean, yeah, she's saying hit me baby one more time, but. That's like British slang for like, call me. It's like hit me up. Yeah. It's just funny because Britney was actually pretty wholesome when you think about it. Like when she was like on her album cover. I mean, if you look at this album cover, Jessica looks stunning, but she's not wearing a top. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure she was wearing a tube top, but they're implying nudity, right? And she's this young teenager. And if you look at Britney's cover and Christina's cover, they're completely not sexy. I mean, Britney's sitting there. She looks like the most normal girl that you would see in eighth grade. (laughs) Like she's just sitting there in her little skirt and her little wetter or whatever she wears. I'm like, I can't remember that red thing she wears. Like a red cardigan, I think. Yeah, the little, it's a jacket or something. Anyway, and then Christina's, it's just like a headshot of her looking at the camera. She looks absolutely gorgeous, but it's interesting because she was probably confused because in some ways they were like, you need to be sexier and you need to be skinnier and you need to have abs and all this kind of stuff. And then in some ways they were like, we love your innocent virgin, I believe in God thing and we're going to push that. So it was a little inconsistent, but I think overall, if you took these three albums, I mean, Christina has said many times how she does not like her first album at all Britney I think likes a little bit more but she has said that she hates the song sometimes that there were other songs on there that she like didn't really want to do and she said that I remember when she came out with Oops I Did It Again she said this album is much better there were some songs on my other album that weren't that great Mandy Moore she made a joke about how she would refund anyone who bought her first album so I really like her first album really I don't really know it to be honest I only know the singles no I I, I like it it's not yeah like it's not something that, how do I explain it? It wouldn't have aged, it wouldn't have done well today. Right. You know, it doesn't have that timelessness to it. But overall, it does showcase her voice pretty nice. So you're like, yeah, some mm-hmm. of the songs are a little bit more cheesy, but like at the time it was fitting. She has such a pretty voice. She does. She has that light and sweet voice where Jessica has, I am a powerhouse, get mm-hmm. out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I love that. But yeah, so clearly all of these people are saying, I was forced to do this certain thing and I didn't really want to do it. 
Britney maybe a little less because she was first, so she kind of paved the way. But even so, like I said, she wasn't crazy about her first album. But Jessica really does show who she is. She is allowed to explore her faith. Mm-hmm. Even in songs that aren't necessarily about God, she mentions in Where You Are, it's angels. It's seeing each other again after death. Of course, there's your faith in me. Even in other songs, like we'll get to it when we do the song by song breakdown, but there are lyrics here and there that even though she didn't write these songs, you can tell that they were respectful of who she was. Right. And it does represent her. I mean, I'm sure she's not obsessed with every single song, but I think that if you look back, this one is probably the best first album from any of these pop girls because it did have some of these songs in the middle of the album that are just like pop songs that could have easily been on Britney or Christina's and it would have been interchangeable. But then there's these other songs that Jessica really like puts her stamp on and they are her songs and she does them so well and it really represents who she is. So I love Britney's album, like the first album. Christina's I think is like, all right. I love Britney's first album, but it's not very cohesive. There's a lot of randomness on it. And I mean, it definitely is the album that she sounds the best on. But overall, I would just say this album for Jessica, it represents who she is. She sounds amazing. It has a good mix of more up-tempo and then ballads. She gets to show off her voice. They were always stifling Christina because they did the same thing to Britney and they wanted Christina to be a Britney clone. So it was like, they didn't really let her sing. I mean, can you imagine if you have Christina Aguilera and you can give her anything to sing and you give her Genie in a Bottle? I don't understand that. I'm confused. That's like, oh, Mariah sing Mary, Mary. Uh, Mary had a little lamb. (laughs) That was her first single, but they scrapped it. (laughs) You know, it's just this whole era. It's so insane and fascinating and stupid. Because if I was a record (laughs) label, I would have been like, sing your ass off, belt, do runs the entire song, like runs on your runs. like Right. Do whatever you want. I mean, with that voice, God, I mean, Christine is one of those people that you didn't have to do anything to her. There didn't have to be an image. There didn't have to be anything. She was going to be successful no matter what yeah you know it's just one of those people that just has it so that is my general the two things that stood out to me or the I don't know how many things I just said (laughs) (laughs) a bit but that's okay I said a lot but that's like my just general before I get into kind of the story of how it came to me those are my general thoughts on the album so what are your general thoughts on it? It was pretty good. I feel like the theme of Jessica's album was a lot more consistent than mm-hmm. Britney or Christina's. But I just feel like I just feel like when Jessica had talked to Tommy Matola, we talked about it in our very first episode where we talked about Jessica's life before she really got famous. Um, she told Tommy Matola, like, I just want to be a good role model for girls. And I feel like this is consistent with that image um you know like she wanted to be a good role model she wanted to be someone they could relate to and see themselves in her and vice versa and i think that's something jessica past this album has stayed very very consistent to Mm-hmm. she had written I think or co-wrote one of the songs on the album so I thought that was awesome yes so that's the other thing I wanted to point out that differentiates her from the rest of them Brittany Christina Mandy Moore and I'm sure many of the other pop stars that were out at the time they mm-hmm. did not write any songs on their first album Brittany actually made a huge deal about it when she was able to write one song on her second album. Right. Christina fought to be able to write. She wanted to write and they wouldn't really let her. So when she released the remix for Come On Over, which had like a few different lines in it, it she actually wrote a few of them and she that was her first writing credit and it was such a big deal because they were stifling these girls so much. 
the fact that Jessica got to not just write a song, but it's not a song that's just like, I can't wait to see this boy when I go out tonight. It's a real beautiful, true, unique song to her. It's truly what's in her heart. And again, I love Britney. Anytime I criticize Britney, just know that I love her from the bottom of my broken heart. <laughs> but <laughs> I think she kind of casually mentioned the virginity thing in an interview the same way that Jessica did. But Britney didn't end up sticking to that, which is completely fine. No problem at all. It's every woman and man's individual choice. Not a big deal. But it wasn't as genuine, like, and not even in a bad way, but it's just Jessica was really committed to that. Yeah. You know, and she was able to express that. And I think it's really powerful, too, that it's her last song on the album. So interesting. So on Jessica's 17th birthday, I don't know, did you get to this point in the book? This is mainly from her book. That I don't think I have. I didn't want to do a ton of articles and stuff. I just wanted to hear it from her mouth. Right. Which is why I cannot wait until Ashley writes a book. Oh my God. (laughs) So on Jessica's 17th birthday, which was July 10th, 1997, she got to meet with the iconic Teresa LaBarbera White, who was very, very pregnant and flew down to Texas to meet with Jessica after she heard these demos that Jessica hated. They were demos of her covering I Have Nothing and I Want to Run to You by Whitney and then Seduces Me by Celine Dion, which I don't even know that one. I don't I know. I don't if, know that song either. Yeah, I don't know if that's one of her bigger hits. But anyway, so Jessica recorded them when she was recording the album Jessica. And the reason that she did was because she, they all thought we need some music to demo for her to send out that isn't Christian. Right. So she just did those covers and she ended up not liking how they turned out. And she told the producer, just throw them away. I don't want them to be heard. And then one day Joe was like, you're not going to like what I have to tell you, but... There's actually a really good outcome to it. And so Jessica was so embarrassed, but he was like, this woman really wants to meet with you. So she was in A&R at Columbia, which is artist and repertoire, which means that she was in charge of finding new artists and then picking the correct songs for them and everything. So she meets with Jessica. Now, Jessica had already had an entertainment lawyer at the time that her and Joe were working with. And he actually was able to get her all of these meetings with these huge record labels in New York. So all the major ones, RCA Drive, uh, Drive. (laughs) RCA Jive, Mercury, the list goes on. So she already had these meetings. So she was was kind of like good. And she was leaving for New York that night to go have the meetings. Right. So Teresa flew down there, was so captivated by these covers that Jessica thought were bad that she needed to meet with Jessica right away. And she really wanted to get her signed. And she really just wanted to move things forward. Because as soon as she heard her sing, which she sang Amazing Grace and I Will Always Love You, she was like, we need to sign you now. Like, that's it, basically. Casual. Yeah. I think Joe said, well, we actually already have a meeting with Columbia because that was where Teresa worked. And she was like, well, I can get you straight to Tommy Matola. Because apparently, even if you have a meeting at a label, it's not necessarily, you're not going straight to the top. You know, you're, you could be singing for anyone from an intern to someone who is right under the CEO. You really don't know. And so when she went to Columbia, she actually had to get someone's attention, this executive who was, I think he was like running to lunch or something. And she was like, okay, but can you please just listen to me for one minute before you go? And she just starts singing and he's like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know where Teresa was at that time. Maybe she hadn't gotten there yet or something. But she kept her promise and she did meet with Tommy. But first she auditioned at Jive. 
They said they loved her, but somebody just like her had just been signed, who was Brittany. And then when she had a meeting at RCA, they said basically the same thing. They had another blonde singer and they didn't really know how to pronounce her name, Christina something. And Jessica was like, I know her. She's really talented. Okay, I'll leave. (laughs) And Jessica wrote in her book, she's like, I couldn't believe that they got ahead of me again. And it's just kind of funny how it all worked out, the timing. You know, they were all doing Mickey Mouse Club at the same time and then they all were getting record deals at the same time. Yeah, especially like now if you kind of hear of someone okay the internet's a thing you're more likely to hear of someone like you might have went to high school with or something like that Mm -hmm. but for then not to say that they weren't talented but it's just like it was i feel more difficult to get noticed by a major label oh yeah i mean right now if i recorded i could just record like we're recording now and possibly get attention from someone important within like 24 hours (laughs) i mean not probably not right because that doesn't really happen but look at somebody like justin bieber who just put his stuff online exactly you know what what i mean mean. yeah Yeah. it's completely (laughs) different i mean it, it was so much harder back then so just like you said When she gets into the room with Tommy, he asks her, so what do you want to do in life? Mm -hmm. And she says, I want to be an example to girls all over the world that you don't have to compromise your values to be successful. So there was another man in the room, Don, who apparently was a hothead, just somebody that people didn't really like. And he actually really liked Jessica too. And he was like, well, I've never heard that before. Go ahead. And Tommy's like, all right, you can sing. So Jessica sings Amazing Grace. Pella. Amazing Grace. And just the fact that she even sung Amazing Grace. Like she didn't feel the pressure to sing some hot song or something. Or like Whitney or something that's so iconic. Well, it's interesting you say that because she was going to sing Whitney after that. But the fact that she even opened with Amazing Grace is interesting to me. Because it's not flashy. It's a beautiful song that shows off someone's voice if you really have the talent you don't have to do anything you just stand there and sing and that's what she did tommy she took a breath to sing i will always love you which the fact that she even that was the one she picked i mean it's only the most iconic song with that i mean whitney singing it i even if you're an amazing singer i would never choose that song but she was so confident like i love that she's like yeah i'm gonna sing that so (laughs) she tried to sing it but he stopped her and he was like that's enough and she said he was like very deadpan and just not didn't seem that enthused and she was nervous that she had done something wrong and she didn't he said i believe your voice and who you are as a person and what you stand for can change the world so even though he's pure trash he was completely right about that yeah and then thing is jessica didn't even really need him because she actually received three offers one from columbia one from mercury and one from atlantic Oh, wow. Queen. She, most people have no record deals. Jessica got three offers. After previously being signed and making her gospel album. Right. And getting rejected on Mickey Mouse Club and having people make fun of her and having people treat her horribly and having Christian people in her church tell her mom that she couldn't perform because her boobs were big and she's tempting the men in the room. Yuck. Seriously. (laughs) So... Jessica needed to make a decision and she decided that she would ask God to help her Mm. and she asked him for a sign. They were back home in Texas and she was driving around. A bird suddenly hit her window and she was really shaken by it. So when she came to a stoplight, she lingered for a while and she was like, God, what does that mean? She said that she said it out loud and she was like, there's no bird records, (laughs) which is such a Jessica thing to say. And 
she looked to her left and there was a sign that said Columbia Hospital. Oh my goodness. And she was like, oh, thank you. Okay, got it. And so <laughs> she went with Columbia and that's that's how she chose it, which I just love. I just love her relationship so with God. She's just so, she's just the best. Like I don't understand, I don't know how many times I can say that I love her. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. It's never enough. No, really, it's not. So... Of course, she chose Columbia and then she began the long recording process. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why it took so long is because Tommy took a special interest in her album and that despite how he treated her in certain points, she did really respect his ear and that he got involved with every mix of every song. He was very on top of it. It wasn't just something where he was like, you know, letting the people below him figure it out or whatever. He really wanted to have the input on her album and he was really investing a lot in her. And that mostly has to do with his ego. He wanted a Britney. He wanted a Christina he wanted to have that under his belt he wanted another Mariah you know what I mean he wanted and that's one of the things he one of the reasons why he liked Jessica so much was Jessica reminded him of a young Mariah right I wonder if he ever went after her like I'm kind of nervous about that but obviously she didn't if he tried she didn't go for that yeah thank god so wow I just imagined that and I was suddenly feeling so much affection toward Nick I never thought I would feel that way (laughs) I'm like oh thank god for Nick One of the other reasons why it took so long is that they had a bunch of songs recorded and Tommy basically insisted that they throw them out and do new songs or if they were keeping them to do completely new mixes of the songs. So I cannot imagine how frustrating that must have been for her. But she eventually recorded a song called Did You Ever Love Somebody that Columbia was able to get on the Dawson's Creek soundtrack. Yes. And in one of the episodes. So that was super exciting for her. And... I, I mean, the song is okay. It's She sounds great. It's a ballad. It's no I want to love you forever. But it definitely got her feet wet and it got her out there a little bit. And Dawson's Creek was huge at the time. Right. So it definitely did get her some of the exposure she needed. And that wasn't the only song that was put in Dawson's Creek. So it definitely helped. Yeah, I think, I think I'm in love with you was put in it. The next year. Yeah. I think. Then, so this is when Jessica meets Casey. It's very interesting to me because when Casey is on Newlyweds, not in the one we just talked about, not when she was just kind of there in and out, but when she officially moves in with them and moves to LA, they really make her seem like, not like a loser, but almost kind of like a hanger on a little bit. Like they kind of make her seem like she's, because they portray Jessica as dumb, right? So they kind of portray Casey as dumb too, like they're two peas in a pod. Yeah. And you know, when she's looking for apartments and stuff, it kind of seems like she doesn't really have money. And I don't know, it just kind of seems like she's young and doesn't really have anything figured out yet and is moving to LA to start something or she's piggybacking off Jessica who lives in LA so that she can have some time having free rent and then get her life figured out. Right, which isn't the case at all. It's not the case at all. She was a junior staffer at Sony. That's a great job. (laughs) And she was involved in the music industry before Jessica, I mean, of course, Jessica was involved in like Nashville and, and Dallas mm-hmm. and the area that she grew up, but not in New York or LA. Like Casey was actually involved with it before Jessica. I was like, that's so interesting to me because I would have thought that she really didn't do anything before she moved out to LA. They just, I mean, I know the show wasn't about her, but it's just, again, the editing. Is- yeah, where they just make it seem like, oh, Casey and Jessica went to high school together and she just picked up her random best friend and said, come live with me, which 
like you're saying, wasn't the case at all. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, Jessica's the successful one, so isn't it so nice that she's taking in her friend? Right. Meanwhile, Casey had had a whole career. I mean, it's just stupid, but again, it's like she's a young blonde woman, so what could she possibly have done in her life? And also the fact that she's kind of portrayed as ditzy, like Jessica is completely not true because Jessica writes a lot about how Casey had a more by-the-book, strict personality with things, and so Jessica said that Casey helped her get her GED, and that was one of the reasons why yeah that she was even assigned to Jessica to kind of assist her is because that's why Jessica dropped out of high school to start recording this record right even though technically if she hadn't gotten her GED it probably wouldn't matter by now but it could have her album could have failed and then what is she gonna do you know so they wanted to really make sure that she got her GED and she actually said that Casey is the only reason why that she actually got it oh which I can understand. She was probably so focused on her album and stuff. She was like, I can't learn math. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, same. yeah. I also got my GED. When you're trying to work on other stuff, you're just not, you're just not there. You're not in the mindset at all. And I could completely understand her being at Sony with all these big wigs and just being like, I don't really need to focus on this. I want to focus on my music. And I think it's so awesome that Casey was there in that way and was like, Jessica, you need to get this, you know? <laughs> so Casey, we thank you and we appreciate you. We really, really appreciate you. So Jessica talked about when she finally held the advanced copy of Sweet Kisses in her hand. Mm -hmm. And she said that she remembered exhaling. And she said, remember this. Like, make sure you remember this moment. I know. So sweet. She said, someone who I would never meet in my life could press play and they would feel what was in my heart. How many times had I set aside my shyness because that need to connect was the only thing bigger than my fear? Mm, that's so beautiful I know I I love it I'm so happy for her I was thinking about this because I was talking about this with my mom who's been asking me all these questions about them through doing this podcast and I was like imagine you're just growing up in Texas you have these two cute daughters that like to sing and stuff and they sing in church and whatever it's like how many young girls especially in the south grow up singing in church and no one thinks anything of it then they go get their job it just doesn't turn into anything and how many people do you know that have nice voices or have some creative talent and you're like wow you you should do something with this and they never do and imagine how joe and tina must have felt like we did it you know because it was always such a family affair it wasn't like jessica went off on her own and did something they always all did it together so it was an exhale for her but if we ever got to talk to joe or tina i would just be like were you dying you have people or families who are so so supportive of whether it's their kids or their sisters or whoever it is their dream and they're really trying to just push and advocate for them and like market them and trying to get their name out there and unfortunately it nothing they don't get a big break like nothing ever really comes of it so it just makes it more surreal that like you're like you're saying jessica's like holding on to her album and she's like oh my gosh like i have to remember this forever yeah and it really is one in a million people say that there are so many pop girls at this time but when you think about how many singers are in the world right how many people would love to be in jessica's shoes or britney or christina's and really there weren't that many of them there's not that many spots available and not only did jessica get her record deal but like i said she really put her stamp on her album it's partly a personal album and she really had her own identity among the other pop stars out there so jessica said in her first interview which was in march 1999 what i love about my record is that it's so positive people are going to be able to listen to it and be encouraged that's my dream to encourage people and to help people aspire to make their dreams come true and love themselves hmm so sincere i just i love britney and christina i don't really think they were saying things like that maybe not that i mean they were they were saying that kind of stuff 
but it's just a little different to me with Jessica. I don't know. Maybe it's because when Newlyweds came out, she came off as a ditz and stuff. Right. But that it's weird because she was older then. But in her interviews around this time, she seems so confident, so self-assured. She knows what she's saying. She articulates herself well. She doesn't have a bunch of ums and uhs and ahs, you know? Right. I mean, even back when Britney was more comfortable doing interviews, there was a lot of yeah, I love my song, it's really cool. Or like, oh, that's really cool, I like that a lot. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And which is fine, she's a teenage girl. She doesn't have to be Einstein coming up with this thoughtful answer. But Jessica really articulated herself well. It was so clear who she was and what her convictions were and what she wanted to do. And I think it's really strange that then on Newlyweds, she was so clueless about so many things. And I'm thinking maybe it was just because she was so focused on her music her whole life. I think that's 100% what it is. Yeah. That when she's talking about that, it's like, yes, she's intentional. She comes off as wise, even though she's only 19. But then other things just didn't matter to her, so she just didn't pay attention. Yeah. That's, you know? That is 100% it, because it's just like, if all you know is computers, and you're just fixing computers all day, and working on computers, and you know different softwares, and how to upload and create new different softwares, like if you're doing database design, and then you go to an art museum, and someone's like, oh, you really don't know that painting? Like, that's yeah. not fair. It's not fair at all. And speaking of Einstein, it's that quote, it's about, you can be the best fish in the ocean swimming, but then if you try to fly you're gonna look like the most incompetent thing in the world i just said that so stupidly no it's (laughs) no but it's something along those lines of like if you try and judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree or something like that then it's gonna think it spend its whole life thinking it's dumb and right yeah and i think that's what it is with jessica where it's just she was so heavily involved with music and like i'm sure if i brought her into a studio and she'd have all these questions like okay well what kind of tempo like if you're writing lyrics let's try and do this and she'll be able to do that also beautifully Mm -hmm. you know but again Again, if you're putting her in a situation where that's not really her niche, then yeah, I get it. Exactly. So should we get into our song by song review? Yes. So of course we're starting with the first single, I Want to Love You Forever, released to radio on August 31st and released to CD, the single, remember when you can buy a CD single? That came out on September 28th, 1999. So just for reference, Britney came out with Baby One More Time, the single, in October of 98, then her album in January of 99. Christina came out with Genie in a Bottle, June of 99, and then her album, August of 99. Mandy Moore, I thought debuted after Jessica. Candy debuted like a week and a half before I Want to Love You Forever. Oh my goodness. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I would have sworn on my life that the order was Brittany, Christina, Jessica, and then Mandy. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that Jessica and Mandy were on top of each other like this. But I think maybe Jessica made an impact first like her single just did better I think also the fact that she was with Nick too that was a little bit of news and then she had I mean her faith and her virginity was always a news topic too so maybe I just heard about her first but I would have sworn she came out first but yeah I just found that really interesting I think it's also interesting how they marketed Britney a lot longer than they did Christina her first single came out and then her album came out two months later where it was like Britney there was a little bit of a longer time Yeah, it's weird because with a lot of this stuff, they really took their time. It sucks too that Jessica didn't get to have more singles, even though I said I'm happy she just had three strong singles because Britney had five 
And then she went right into, oops, I did it again. Right. Britney just had so many more singles and videos and opportunities. And we'll get into Irresistible too, but what they did with that album is so, it's so frustrating. But anyway, back in the day, if you wanted to get your song played on the radio, you had to physically go to the radio stations, bring a copy of the song, and sing it live. They had showcases. That's also actually what Jessica's doing in the episode that we talked about in the last episode. She is bringing In the Skin and Sweetest Sin to radio. Even when she was already established, you had to do that, which is so funny. Now you just send the file. It's like, whatever. Yeah. But... She had all of these really tough showcases and she says that I Want to Love You Forever is a punishing song to sing live, that it requires a lot of you physically and emotionally, and that, you know, it was really difficult when she had to showcase it to every radio station that would have her. She was traveling all around the country. She had a showcase at Z100 on October 29th, 1999. Oh my goodness. Which she didn't specify this one in her book, but I found it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Her singing I Want to Love You Forever. And it's so weird because there's this panel of people standing behind her, including the one I recognized was Elvis Duran, and they're all wearing Halloween costumes. So it's kind of comes off like as a joke to me, like it's it was weird, and they're not on a stage. It's like they're sitting on a panel, almost like American Idol. Jessica's standing in front of them, so her back is to them. And then there's an audience in front of her, but the audience is directly in front of her. They're not lower than her. She's not on a stage. It's just a room. And the first person in the first row is maybe three, four feet in front of her. And she's singing I Want to Love You Forever. And she sings it as flawlessly as any other performance. The fact that it's a weird situation, you would never know it. And the fact that she says that it's punishing and hard to sing live, you would never know it. She does such a good job go watch this (laughs) i'm so happy that this is on youtube because it really just gives insight into what was going on at the time when you actually can see it it just is so different and so this paid off because soon after she was in a new york city cab with joe and tina and the song started playing on the radio and for our friends who aren't in our tri-state area of new york new jersey connecticut Z100 is like one of the most powerful radio stations. Like there's it's everything. Other ones like Hot 97 or BLI, but they don't matter. They really don't matter because Z100 just has like a cult following just because it it holds itself to higher standards. Like I'm sorry, I'm not trying to like bash the other stations, but like that's really what it is. Z100, especially when we were growing up, when radio was more of a thing, Z100 was, it was on the level of MTV. Right. It was the same. It was just a different medium. Because even when iHeartRadio started, Z100 was one of the first radio stations that was put on iHeartRadio. Yeah, and they would always get all the good interviews with all the celebrities. They wouldn't necessarily go on the other radio stations, but it was one of the things you had to do. It was like going on Letterman or whatever. You would go on Z100. It's a huge honor. Huge. So I love that that's the first time that she heard it was from such a huge station. And so, of course, they went nuts. They went crazy. (laughs) And I think this is the moment actually where she said she exhaled because she was like, I did it. Like, I finally did it. I waited so long to hear my voice on the radio. (laughs) And this is what I've been working toward, and it happened. And she said that at first the cab driver had no idea what was going on, and then they communicated it to him, and he turned, like, he blasted it. that's so sweet. I know. I just love that. I wonder where that guy is. (laughs) You know? He's out there somewhere, like, she was in my cab. (laughs) Yeah. Bring him. Let's put him on the podcast. Contact us. (laughs) NYC cab dispatch. (laughs) So Jessica said about this song, the song really illustrates my love for music. To me, my vocals are above 
anything rather than having an image or a dance routine. And that's really what this song is. You could tell that she had passion when she sang this song, especially when she sang it live. But overall, I get chills every time I hear the bridge of this song. She's singing so high. The fact that they did not lower this key blows my mind they really I mean maybe it was her idea because she wanted people to really see that she could sing but as I think I said this in another episode that I used to sing in shows all the time when I was probably like 10 to 15 and it was at the school it was at the high school even though I wasn't in high school yet it was just local shows it was whatever I I would go up to like a choir director that was like my friend's brothers and I would be like can I sing like do you have a show can I sing in it and they were like who are you (laughs) and and so I would pick ballads and I would pick a lot of these pop star songs and I could not really sing this one it's really hard I have a pretty good range especially for pop rock and this song is so hard to sing the breath the control and a lot of people say that she doesn't have that much control because she kind of not screams but sometimes it can be a little like yelly right But she does so well when she performs this live. I think my favorite performance of it is on the Rosie O'Donnell show, which is what, it's like one of the first things I posted. Yeah, that's on our feed. On our Instagram. Go watch that. And then when she did it at the American Music Awards in that white outfit, and you can tell when she gets to that part, the bridge, she goes, I'm living for the next second. I can feel you loving me. And then she immediately goes into, I want to love you forever again. And it's even higher. And she belts it even longer. And you barely have a second to take a breath there. Right. It's so hard. I can't stress enough. I'm not trying to be like, I'm a singer. So I understand this better than other people. But if you're not a singer, I don't think that you fully understand how difficult this is. So just take my word for it. You need to be insanely impressed the fact that right out of the gate this is what she did I can't believe I'm getting mad I can't believe (laughs) that she didn't explode I mean I know she still had tons of success the album sold 4 million copies but in comparison I think Baby One More Time sold like 15 million copies worldwide or something like hello it's just I can't believe that people weren't like oh my god yeah because Baby One More Time not trying to knock it but it's just like that's something fun and casual like sing in the car or whatever like if you're doing karaoke or something but this like you're saying Jessica's voice is such a powerhouse it's kind of curious as to why people weren't like oh wow I have chills I am oh I'm crying while listening to this I know how did that happen (laughs) right because that's how I would have assumed the reaction would have been but yeah I get chills every time I hear it and I have been listening to it so much because I knew we were doing this review plus I just enjoy the song so I listen to it anyway kind of often and then I've watched every performance like I've done so much research every single time I hear it and she sings that part I get chills it's just a natural reaction in my body Mm -hmm. and I just can't believe I mean I guess it is because people had some kind of fatigue from okay all these blonde pop stars but I still can't believe that people weren't like she is different I mean I know that they did say this people were telling her you you're more of a Celine you're more of a Mariah you're more of a Whitney but obviously the sales and the charts don't really reflect that and it's just frustrating to me because before this you had like who did you have before this pop thing you had Alanis Morissette mm-hmm. Fiona Apple Jewel I think Courtney Gwen Love. Stefani Gwen Stefani but she didn't go solo yet right but that's what I'm saying like there wasn't really there weren't people like in, this in, of Jessica's caliber there weren't new people who had debuted like this like there was Whitney Mariah and Celine they were the big three but they had become famous so much earlier I just don't like I'll really never understand why it didn't make a bigger impact I don't know no matter how much time passes I will not get it I don't get it I think I mean I was a child but if I was an adult I would have been so I mean I loved her anyway I was a fan I definitely 
my parents, somebody bought me this album because I remember having it. But I don't know. I can't explain how I feel. I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Obviously, it all worked out. I don't get it. So I really love the lyrics of this song. So do I. They're so romantic. They're very overtly romantic. Like if The Notebook was a song. Yeah, it's it's on that level. It's just because it's... How do I explain it? There's not... The message of the song is very straightforward. She's singing to her significant other and she's like, this is how I feel. And especially with how much she belts that kind of just enforces that like I'm just giving this my all like just that strong mm-hmm. passion that she has through the song I just I can't get I over know. that you can really tell how connected she is to the song even yeah. though she didn't write it it seems like she did and honestly one of the interviews that I watched Nick said that he got chills the first time he heard her sing mm-hmm. I don't know if it was this song probably was something else because they met almost a year before this single came out but I can't even imagine being Nick and seeing her sing this and know that when she's singing this she's thinking about you I would pass out I just feel like that's so I mean that's so romantic and one of the things I really appreciate about it is that it's unapologetically romantic yeah and it would not be released today there's no way really yeah because it's so right now there's definitely this vibe that all I feel like all of them have to be so badass and they have to have that clap back in their song that's like boy, I don't need you. And I just feel like this kind of romance isn't really at the forefront. But I feel like that's why it would do well because it would be so different. It would do well if someone made it, but I don't think that it would be made. I think record companies are too, like they they were back then and they are now. Then it was kind of like the pop star where it's like now it's like the bad bitch agenda. Right, exactly. (laughs) Like Taylor Swift will be romantic, but she does it more in a cutesy, breezy kind of way. She's not standing there and she's not the vocalist Jessica is. No shade. She's, I'm sure she knows that No, but that's just the truth. She's just not. She's more of a songwriter, but she doesn't stand there and with extremely strong, unapologetic conviction belt out how much she loves this person and she wants to be with them forever. Mm -hmm. The lyrics, when she says, be at the mercy of a man and overall, all these sweeping romantic declarations it just doesn't really happen because I think one of the things that bothers me is I'm a very romantic person and even though I am very independent and I completely agree like you don't need a man and a man doesn't need a woman and you don't need any you don't need anybody but whatever the fact is that love is basically the thing that most people on earth are searching for in their life right so when people put this focus on everyone has to be a badass bitch who doesn't care yeah it's like we all care though we, yeah. we all want this look at dating apps I mean I know people five minutes after their breakup they're swiping I mean because everyone's looking for this and so if you found it why can't you profess something like this exactly and being at the mercy of a man it, it doesn't mean like you're on your knees being submissive right like again like she says on your knees and I don't think that would be in a song today like I think it would be more like no stand on your own two feet and all that kind of stuff and it's like I personally do I need a man blah 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 no but yes I do need a companion if I went through my life and I didn't ever have a marriage or a decades-long relationship with someone I would definitely feel that my life wasn't really complete and I think there's so much culture right now that's like 
I hate when someone says, oh, that person completes me. Like, no, you're whole on your own. And it's like, of course you're whole on your own. But we all want things in life. It's the same way that if I had never had success as an entertainer, even the level of success I have now, if I had never had that, I definitely would feel like there was something missing in my life. That's probably why I have it now because I did feel that there was something missing and then I kept working toward it. So it's like, we're all allowed to have these desires. And I just love how vulnerable she is here. She's like vulnerable, but at the same time, powerful. Yeah. And that's even my family, like they kind of, they make fun of me because I'm very tough, especially if it's like someone I'm dating. So like when I was talking to my sister-in-law and she's like, oh, are you still hanging out with that guy? And then she like, before I could even say anything, she's like, oh, let me guess. I, you don't like him that much. You guys are just friends. And I was like, no, like we're together. She was floored. Um, <laughs> that's, I'm just very tough. Like if you are not my equal, if I cannot see you giving what I'm giving, I don't care. Just mm-hmm. keep it moving. You're holding up the line. Just kidding. There's no line. I'm like Shrek. I'm like, get out of my swamp. No, there's definitely a long line. There is. I'm picky. And I there's no other way to say it. Like I just have certain standards where it's just like, there's a lot of women who are close to me who a guy does the bare minimum and they're like, oh my gosh, he's so great. And it's like, no, that's the bare minimum. That's what he should be doing. I feel like you went into my brain. Like this is exactly how I feel. Seriously, I'm just such an all or nothing person. I've never dated anybody casually. I don't understand it. I have so many friends that are like, yeah, he's cute and he's nice. We'll see where it goes. I'm like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Or they only see him like once a week or something. And I'm like, oh, like I'm thinking they just met. And it's like, oh yeah, it's been like five or six months. And what? Mm. I I just, I think because I am so independent, I'm not going to be with you unless I really am just crazy about you because I don't need to be with someone. I don't need someone there to just validate me. I don't need someone there to just, like, yeah, I get really lonely sometimes when I'm single. Like, I miss having someone to love and because I'm so, like, passionate and, like, I miss having someone to give my love to in that way because it's so specific. When you're giving love to, like, your mom or your friends, it's not the same. No, it's so special. It's so special. And so I just can't can't do that casually and I have no problem with people who do I just don't understand it and this song is so that yeah it's like I found the thing and I'm so sure about you and I want to love you forever and just she just puts so much power behind it it's just like it's one of my favorite songs of all time I think yeah it's because like you said just the the whole conviction of the song like not to get too personal but like I also really don't care you could ask me in my dms um (laughs) (laughs) yeah after me and my ex broke up like I was pretty traumatized and I kind of went back to the mindset or not I went back to the mindset I was really stuck on the mindset of okay so when the time comes I'm eventually gonna adopt or I'll get a sperm donor and Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna be a really great mom or like I'll ask one of my friends but I'll have it as a legal agreement if you want to be involved you're gonna be involved if you don't that's fine but like I'm gonna have this baby and like be as involved or as little as as much as you want but like just don't be inconsistent like pick one either or is fine and I was really set on that and then ew I'm getting emotional (laughs) I met Chris and I'm like oh my gosh like that's that's my equal like that's someone I can really see myself being with you know all right next (laughs) change the subject (laughs) hi Chris Like, that's the thing that, like, he he doesn't really care about Ashley Jessica, but he listens every week. Like, he's I so... I know. He's so good. I love that. <laughs> See, that's the kind of support, Nick, that you need to provide. 
I mean, even my friend Jordan, shout out Jordan, we're not dating and we've never dated, but we're really good friends and he listens every week. Oh, and I love that. He Hi, doesn't Jordan. care about Ashley and Jessica. I mean, maybe he does now that he's listened to hours of discourse on them, <laughs> but maybe, are you becoming attached? <laughs> uh, that would be so weird if he suddenly called me and was like, oh my God, did you see Jessica's post? I would die. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, it really would. But I was texting him today and he's like, I'm almost all caught up. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Because I figured I he that. would listen to maybe one or something, but I never expected him to listen every week. And I never, I would not have been offended if he didn't at all. So thank you, Jordan. We love you, even though I've met you like twice. No, we love you. And we love you, Chris. Thank you for treating <laughs> our girl correctly. And if you stop treating her correctly, you'll have to deal with me. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so... We'll discuss the video now. The video was, I, I think it's great. It's beautiful. I think it was refreshing to see like, there was kind of a chunk in time where the music videos at like the late 90s, early 2000s were like, you're in a green screen and that's kind of it. You're just kind of dancing with something behind you, but it was lasers. Really right. Lasers or like, <laughs> no shade. The JLo, if you had my love video where it's, she like, it's all like that futuristic thing, but you could tell that she wasn't really like on a set really. Well, are, wait, are, do you mean Waiting for Tonight when it's just the black and the green lasers? No, that one, but it's also the If You Had My Love where it's like the guy's like watching her from a webcam. Right. Or it's just kind of like very digitally She's in an edited. empty room. Right. Um, so this was nice because it's like you see the backdrop. They're not trying to trick your eye with a facade or anything. Oh, um, that's a good point. I, I thought that was refreshing. Um, it's, <laughs> it's reflexivity, film students. <laughs> Oh, that's what that's called? Yeah, when in a movie or in, I guess, in a music video, mm -hmm. like when movies started to acknowledge that movies existed, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's not just people in the world. There's people in the world who acknowledge that movies are made or if they acknowledge the camera or if they make any kind of comment or joke, it's reflexive of the fact that they're filming something in that moment. So like scream is incredibly reflexive, like that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, because it breaks the fourth wall. Got it. Exactly. It's yeah. It's a fancy word for breaking the fourth wall. And I didn't think about that, but that's really interesting how you just said that. There's so many layers to Jessica. Yeah. Um. But you know, then they have her like there is a backdrop in the distance, but she's standing in front of the airplane. Like there's mm -hmm. just something like it's not this huge. High budget, 20,000 backup dancers, the flashing lights, the glittery outfit. It's very much just like a close-up on Jessica. I love that you see Ashley right away. They're all hanging out backstage. Not yeah. backstage, behind the scenes of the photo shoot. And it's, they're all like laughing and they look really cute. I do think it's kind of interesting, maybe mm -hmm. strange that they didn't make this a romantic video at all. I mean, I'm happy Nick wasn't there because it needed to be her as herself, standing on her own two feet, not piggybacking off of Nick's success or anything like that. But I'm surprised they didn't have another guy. They didn't have a love interest. It wasn't right. about romance. And I think that that's because it really is showcasing her voice. They're not going to have this big storyline. They just want, here she is. And by the way, I know I always say this, it means nothing by now, but she looks so gorgeous. <laughs> Specifically here because the lighting is so amazing, especially when they have the sunflower scene behind yes. her. Yes. That warm light on her face and the way they did her makeup too. Because her makeup's very minimal. They didn't do anything crazy with her hair. It's not like her hair is in an intricate updo or anything like right. that. It's like super styled. It's just straight and down. Mm -hmm. 
And she seems like a normal girl, a normal girl who looks like a supermodel, but right. a normal girl. She's a normal girl who looks like a supermodel and sings like Celine Dion. But still, somehow she seems normal and relatable. Right. She is. And I find this really interesting, actually. She didn't make it on Mickey Mouse Club, right? She was rejected. And then she didn't do any other TV work. She didn't do any movies. She didn't do anything on camera, really. And as soon as this starts, she's so good on camera. Not everybody is good on camera. There's a lot of people that have amazing voices and they don't have that it factor on camera. Honestly, like on camera stuff is so different from anything else. It's so strange how someone can really blow it or just not know how to stand properly or whatever. She looks like she's been doing this her whole life. Her connection with the audience, even though she's just looking at a camera, she really has that star quality and she brings the song to life. And I'm just like, where did you learn that? girl yeah because i know that Brittany and christina learned that on mickey mouse club so i'm just wondering where she learned that it's natural she's a natural superstar i did think it was funny though one thing that she's singing for all these backdrops and then all of a sudden there's a cactus behind her yeah just a random cactus right and then they have this desert background and they're just like okay but i like at the end when the backdrops are pushed away i mean then there's another backdrop of like the ocean but at the end when she's wearing all black it's just Mm -hmm. that is very i don't know how else to say it. it's very singer it's like celine whitney it's just very singular here's her voice can you believe that she sounds so good right Okay, so Jessica was so excited for Tommy Matola to see this video. She wanted to know what he thought of it. They kept asking her to pull her top up higher and pull her pants down lower, and she really didn't want to, especially because when you sing I Want to Love You Forever, you have to puff your stomach out because you're singing from your diaphragm, not from your throat. If you sang us from your throat, you would probably drop dead. So she has to, I mean, obviously she's still not going to look fat or anything, but if you're wearing a belly shirt and then you're popping your stomach out, then you might look like a little pregnant. And so that was, she was stressed about that. Mm -hmm. And so when he saw it, he said that the video was great, but he said, next time you can do better. And she obviously felt really bad. And she's like, did I not sell it or whatever? Mm -hmm. And he said, you can do better, meaning you can get a six pack for the next video gross insanity and she said that mtv would barely play the video and she didn't know why so she had to beg her fans to call in and they did and then ashley dated carson daly just briefly (laughs) i don't know how you found that but i was just like whoa i found it because i was looking at the pictures of the bash of carson daly which was like a roast that was when britney wore that iconic outfit where she wore the page 666 shirt and that tight little skirt with the like comic strip tights and the hat it was like a very quirky outfit jessica and ashley were both there they both looked gorgeous i love their outfits and i'm gonna post i'll post the pictures of them i just felt that should be a singular moment in time because when i saw those pictures of carson and ashley embracing like that i was like that's a little cozy just for people that see each other out at events from time to time you know anyway back to (laughs) jessica the reviews of this song were pretty good some people were rude but some people were not billboard said jessica has a vocal command that celine would admire And that the song is so bombastic that some may consider it cheesy, but it's been a good 
while since a song of this brand has been issued, making it an instant brow raiser. Which is so true because like I was saying about Alanis, Jewel, Fiona Apple, which by the way, if you haven't listened to Fiona Apple's new album from 2020, girl, turn that on. (laughs) But it's so different from Jessica. Like they were alternative and they weren't belting out. They were making some of the same sentiments, but they weren't belting them out like this. And then of course you always had Celine and Whitney coming out with these singles but even at the time Whitney had kind of already started to have the issues that she would have for a while it wasn't like the bodyguard so you had Celine who had my heart will go on and all of that kind of stuff but really there weren't that many people doing this and it became so big after yeah BBC had reviewed Jessica's album and they said the 19 year old's publicity team are keen to distance her from the various pop muppets yikes preferring instead to cast her in a mold of a more mature vocalist and then they continue on to say her debut album's handful of slow syrupy love songs may suggest a greater affinity with the likes of celine dion and pre-makeover whitney houston i love how everyone's comparing her to celine Mm -hmm. because after this when jessica was hospitalized because she had to have one of her fallopian tubes removed celine called her in the hospital she said she thought it was tommy calling to fire her because she wasn't showing up to work which she couldn't. She was in the hospital. Oh but it was actually Celine Dion who told her that she loved I Want to Love You Forever. And then she started singing it to Jessica. That's such a beautiful, like, full circle moment. I too. know. And especially so early on in her career. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she was being monitored in the hospital because I would have dropped dead. Kyle Anderson from MTV complimented Simpson once again. He says she's a second generation Celine Dion and that I Want to Love You Forever is a pretty traditional ballad and a towering achievement. He wrote that she sits back and belts like the Titanic is sinking and it's produced with a majestic, almost stoic air of dignity. Her voice is for real and the chorus of the song has an epic prom song quality. It's no wonder it nearly topped the Billboard Hot 100. So this is... Besides With You, Mm -hmm. this is her best performing song to date. It got up to number three and stayed there for a few weeks. Oh, wow. I can't remember if With You got to number two or it was also number three. I know it wasn't number one on the main chart. This is her most successful song to date also because it sold a lot of copies. Like people went and bought this physical single at the time. So next song is I Think I'm In Love With You. What I think of Jessica Simpson, this is the tempo and momentum I kind of think of her like very like poppy but just like fun I think I said it for the Christmas album too like when I think of Jessica's songs I think of like driving with the windows down on a sunny day like just Mm -hmm. really happy-go-lucky I love this song yeah I really feel like the song itself is so fun so catchy but at the same time it's like the perfect late 90s early 2000s nostalgia where it's just I don't I don't know how to explain it there's just something kind of magical about it I agree with you. (laughs) And I also think it's really fun to sing. It's in a certain register. It's easier for her to sing, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's just more light and airy. Yeah, because I am not a singer by any means, but I love to sing along to this. Yes. This is one of those songs that when I put it on, I am just full out like singing as if I am singing the last song of my life. (laughs) I just sing it and it makes me so happy and it's so fun. And I love that they took the sample from John Mellencamp from Jack and Diane because that's such an iconic song, but they really did something different with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it probably was really interesting, right, to hear this on the radio and think, oh, it's Jack and Diane. And then you hear this like beautiful 
beautiful singing voice. And I definitely think this is up there with I Want to Love You Forever. If I could only listen to three Jessica songs for the rest of my life, this would probably be there. Oh, wow. Okay. There was the music video for it as well. The music video? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so they shot this over three days. Mm -hmm. Jessica said it was freezing and that she had to tie up her shirt. She didn't really want to. They they made her. And that she kept, if you notice in the video, she keeps like doing these movements so that she can put her hands over her stomach because she doesn't want to show it off. She comes off as, again, just, just like that perfect girl from school who's so happy and so pretty and you just think she has the perfect life. And I really like the outfit on her, even though I would prefer that they just let her wear the shirt how she wanted to wear it. But right. I think just having a plain white shirt, blue jeans, and then her hair is so cute. Like it's how a teenage girl would really do her hair. It's not just down like it wasn't I Want to Love You Forever, but it's... There's a, not a French breed, but it's breeded towards her scalp like in the front and yeah the rest of it's kind of loose and so this was actually her third single this one was released may 18th i think it was in 2000 right where you are which we'll talk about after that was released first and in that video and i want to love you forever there's a sophistication to her and in this one that's not really there and that's not a negative thing it's just this is more i'm a teenager i'm young i'm happy i'm in love i'm hanging out with my friends at the pier and it's so much fun they all put shopping bags in the jeep and like the first couple seconds of the video like they're having like a girl's day so which is really cute and i love the shots of her in front of that heart yes i don't know if they put that there or if that's just there but it's it's the perfect color it's so cute and girly. I just love it. Yeah. And then we also have Ashley in the music video and her shirt says sweet kisses on it with like yeah. a little mouth. So I thought that was really cute. I wonder if they had that made. They must Probably, have, right? Because I, I know there's pictures we posted of Jessica and Nick and she has a similar tank top and it's white and it says sweet kisses on it. And then there's another backup dancer. Um, I believe she's wearing a black shirt that also says sweet kisses, but they're a little bit more towards the back. So it's not like in your face, which I think is nice too. Yeah. Oh, this video was directed by Nigel Dick, who directed Baby One More Time, Sometimes, and You Drive Me Crazy. Oh, wow. For Britney. And maybe Oops. I always liked him because he was always in the making the video episodes and he just seemed creative and cool and interesting. <laughs> and so I'm happy that Jessica got to work with him too. But Britney also did her Sometimes video on the pier. There wasn't... I don't remember. Were there rides in that one? I feel like hers was I more beachy. So. Yeah, it was like her on a pier with a handful of backup dancers. And then she's holding that beach ball and she looks really sad <laughs> and she looks really pretty. But why did they have her do a pier too? You know what I mean? <laughs> I like this one better than sometimes, but still. That I don't just know. reminded me of, I forgot who sent it to me or who brought it to my attention but in that video there's like some girl who's like gently itching her crotch crotch. yeah and i'm like why i remember the day that someone wrote into trl Mm -hmm. they wrote a letter (laughs) to carson daly and then they played the video back and showed it and they played it back multiple times oh my goodness and i remember that carson made fun of her a little bit and he wasn't like rude or anything but he showed the letter because she spelled crotch with a k oh well a for effort (laughs) please tweet me if anyone else remembers that i have like such a supersonic memory with things that do not matter but (laughs) so i have to read this because i was on the wikipedia page for Mm -hmm. this song and i copied and pasted it just in case it got removed because somebody has fun with their description of this video it's not the typical dry just facts of wikipedia it's editorialized a little bit so i just think it's really funny love that 
Okay. I think I'm in love with you was the first of Simpsons videos to have a solid plot line. The video starts out with Jessica and her girlfriends, including her sister Ashley, running into a group of exhausted factory workers unloading furniture from a truck. The workers, exhausted from their unloading and in need of some female company, gladly join Simpson and her girlfriends in an impromptu dance on the streets. After some dancing, the girls decide to leave, and the news is not well received by the men. The girls decide to leave anyway, disappointing the factory workers who pursue the girls in their truck. As Simpson seems to be in a festive mood, she seems unworried by their stalking and continues to sing a song while wearing sunglasses and sitting in a dangerous position in her friend's car as they drive quickly on the highway. After once again cheating death and a quick stop at the end of the Vincent Thomas Bridge, Simpson and the others reach their destination, the Pacific Park. The factory workers following the girls reach the park too and dance with them and enjoy amusement park rides. As the day carries on, it is soon time for Simpson and her girlfriends to leave, and once again they abandon the factory workers. The workers seem a bit peeved by the girls ditching them yet again, but they do not pursue the girls any further. The video is also intercut with scenes of Simpson in front of a giant heart. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Please contact us. We would like you to describe Jessica's other videos. Yes. (laughs) They also put that... The video's TRL world premiere debut was June 1st, 2000 at number 10. The video peaked at number 5 and stayed on the countdown for 25 days, making it her first successful video on MTV's TRL. It was probably her most successful besides With You, I'm thinking. Yeah. Interesting fact. Jessica recorded a Spanish version of this song called Talavet... You should say this, not me. (laughs) Oh, Talavet es amor. Yes. Yeah, that. (laughs) One of us speaks Spanish and one of us doesn't. If you can figure that out, tweet us. Mm, Not really. One of us knows a couple more words in Spanish than the other. (laughs) (laughs) If we're being completely honest. (laughs) Yeah, so I think it was for some divas Spanish album, so a bunch of singers each did a song so I actually haven't listened to that I'm gonna try to find it and then also Jessica was chosen as a Thanksgiving Day performer at the Dallas Cowboys halftime that Thanksgiving Day game is always a big game so it's considered an honor to be asked to perform not as big as a Super Bowl but Mm -hmm. maybe around there and she had to lip sync because it was that kind of arena but she's wearing a matching red leather outfit with stars on it and a matching red headband and then fringe on the arms it's so texas and i love it and she looks so good it's a much better matching red leather outfit than that other one that she wears that we've talked about before from the award show the one that has like the red leather jacket yeah and the red corset i mean she still looks beautiful but the outfit's crazy but this one i just think she looks so cute like the fact she has this big thick headband on that matches her outfit and it's just So cute, and I love that she had the honor of doing that. That Mm -hmm. probably exposed her to a lot of people. And there are live performances, though. I don't think she lip-synced this anywhere else because I watched the Arthur Ashe Day performance, and she sung it live there. And I just love – she always sounds so good singing live, and the fact that she didn't want to be a dancer, she didn't want to do the backup dancer thing, and not only did she have backup dancers, but she also sang live – I mean, at least Brittany had the desire. She she was a dancer. She wanted to dance. Right. And Jessica didn't even want to dance. And she's out of breath from this dancing that she doesn't want to do. And she still sounds so good. So props to you, girl. So next we have Where You Are featuring Nick Lachey. Mm-hmm. This is the best thing Nick's ever done in his life. Maybe besides his children. <laughs> I just feel like this is kind of... I don't know. I think the song itself is beautiful. It's not something I'm just like, wow, I want to listen to this on loop. I 
feel differently. I've always been obsessed with the song. I don't know why. I just think it's so beautiful. It has deeper meaning now that I read Jessica's book because unfortunately, Jessica suddenly lost her cousin and her best friend, Sarah. She was 17. Jessica was a few years younger. It happened three years before this song came out and it was a complete shock. Her cousin passed away in a car accident, so it was just split second. Wow. And it really changed the course of Jessica's life, especially because Sarah had written in a journal all the time, just like Jessica does. And at the end of the day, Sarah would write in the journal all of the people that she prayed for, and she wrote down Jessica's name every single day. It was on page after page after page after page. And Jessica didn't even know that she was doing that. I mean, I guess in general, when you have a religious family, it's like kind of assumed that everyone's praying for each other all the time. But the fact that she, with an intention, put down Jessica's name every day. That's so beautiful. It just, yeah. Jessica has carried her through the rest of her life. Like She talks about her a lot in the book, not just at this point when it happens, but throughout her life. And this song, obviously it's about the girl in the relationship is alive and the guy has passed away and they're singing to each other from you know he's in the beyond he's in heaven and they're talking about when they'll get to be reunited again and how they wish they could be together but when they reunite in heaven it'll be perfect and amazing and it's a love song obviously it's a romantic song but jessica when she recorded it was thinking of sarah and she actually cried oh during the recording See, now i'm gonna listen to it again and have like a deeper appreciation I for know. it well i just love that you have nick and jessica they're both great singers they're in love they could have done a song about anything. They could have done a generic pop teen love song. They could have been I Want to Love You Forever Part 2. Right. You know, in that interview that was her first interview, she, it was like right around the same time she recorded it. And she said, I love that song. It's a song about losing somebody that you have been in love with. It's cool because it's a really sad song, but it gives so much hope. I wanted the people close to me who had experienced death to feel encouraged. I wanted the song to minister a lot of people's hearts. Who talks like that? Especially when you're 19 and your main focus is I'm making a pop album. Right. You know, it's just like once again, she gets to do this song that really represents her and something that she went through in her life. Whereas if you have a song like, again, I'm comparing like the other first three singles, I Turn to You, they gave that song to Christina. Yeah, she sounds awesome on it, but she's not sitting there saying, I mean, I don't know what she said about it. Maybe I'm wrong, but... It just doesn't seem like it was as much of a connection. It seemed like with sometimes they just gave a song to Britney and it's just a song about, you know, sometimes I'm I'm afraid when I have feelings for someone and I don't know how to handle it. You know, it's just like not as personal. Right. And so they were on the early show together. They actually did a ton of promotion for this. They really pushed this. Tommy thought that this would help her album go up the charts and it actually didn't. It was only a modest success, but Nick and Jessica did so much promotion for it. They were on a lot of talk shows together. They sung it live together a lot. And they really, in all these appearances, they seem so much more in love. And like you can tell earlier in the relationship that things were a bit better. It's on the early show that Nick says the first time he heard Jessica sing, he got chills and he told his mother and the other guys in 90 Degrees that he was going to marry her. She also says on the early show, this song is about death. I've been through this situation. I've lost somebody really, really close to me who I loved a lot. And then they cut to actually a picture of Sarah, which was really nice to see because I read and then listened to Jessica's book. So I've been thinking about this girl and to actually see her was kind of emotional. Like it made me a little sad. And she said, actually, when I recorded it in the studio, I was crying. So hopefully people who listen to it can feel that, can feel the pain. 
can feel the joy. As an artist, that is what I set out to do, to help other people express their emotions and to have other people hear what I'm trying to do as well. Mm-hmm. Again, just like so much, so well articulates how she feels about everything. Yeah. It's, she's not sitting there saying chicken or fish, you know? Yeah, which is how everyone wants to portray her, but that's besides the point. Yeah. And I, I just do appreciate that even though they were pushing a lot of stuff on her, Columbia really did let her personal experiences and who she really was and her heart shine through. So I just love the song. And then also the weird thing about this is that on the single, the single actually, the physical CD single did well. Mm -hmm. There was a remix on it. Do you remember how every pop song was turned into like a ridiculously long club remix? Yeah. So even if you go to the Wikipedia pages of all Jessica singles, there's like 20 remixes. It's crazy. It was the same thing with all of Britney. Even... More recently, I was in a store and I heard a club mix of Adele's Someone Like You. Why? That is the most emotional, sad song. And you're going to be up in the club? Yeah. Like, really? After you've just done Molly, you want to be hearing this? I mean, wouldn't you have a nurse breakdown? (laughs) I've never really been a fan of, like, club remixes of songs. No. That's just me. So I actually listened to it last night. It's on YouTube. It's 11 minutes long. Jesus. It's weirdly good. Like, I understand why it was successful. It goes somehow. I don't know how. It doesn't make sense. But it really sounds good. I It's a good remix. I don't know what else to say. It's the Lenny B's Club Mix. Ooh. And it ended up doing really well in the dance community and in clubs. And actually, if you listen to this on YouTube, mm-hmm. somebody left a comment and said, oh my God, this takes me back to going to the club. Oh my gosh. I was like, really? <laughs> like, it really did. It's, it's a true story. It did well in the club. So I just think that is, so funny i never knew that so then we have the music video i thought the music video was great it is really good it's it's sad obviously i mean that's the tone of the song but i mm-hmm. thought it was really just well done i agree so this song was for the movie here on earth starring lily sobieski and chris klein so they're actually in the video they're that couple that's sitting oh, in the diner okay And I really like that they actually had them on the set filming with her because I feel like usually when artists make songs that are in movies, it's just kind of a clip montage of the movie. Right. And they actually included her in this and they did the same thing. Jessica, I'm sorry I keep bringing up Britney, but it's the era. The same thing happened with You Drive Me Crazy. They had this movie coming out called Drive Me Crazy starring Melissa Joan Hart and she was in Britney's crazy video. Like, instead of just showing clips of it, they put her in the video with Britney. I feel like that's so much better, though. It's so cute. I love it. I I wish they would do more of that. Like, take a character out of a movie and put it into the song. I just think that's really cool. So I thought that made it higher quality, too, that they were characters in the video and that, you know, she smiles at them at the end. And I just think it means so much because there's so much in that smile. I feel like... She's thinking, she's not jealous of them. She's happy for them that they have that love and she knows that she has that love too. It's just that their souls are in two different places and that she'll have that again. And I just think that's a really beautiful message because I might not have the exact same religion as Jessica, but I have the same belief. Like I do think that you're reunited with your loved ones and that we're all souls and these are just bodies and all that kind of stuff. So I really connect to this song and I just, it's just beautiful. I feel like, do you agree that Nick and Jessica seem really in sync They do. They just seem magnetic towards each other. They're feeding off each other really well, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't know. Like, you could just tell, like, the emotion, the way they're looking at each other when they're singing. Like, it doesn't seem awkward. I think comparing it to, like, some of the scenes we see in Newlyweds, which is, I know it's different because that's a music video and Newlyweds is a TV show. Mm -hmm. But it was just done so well where it's just, like, had Newlyweds not been a thing, 
I feel like you would have just having that to look to their relationship, you would have just been like, whoa. Yeah, and you would have been shocked that they got divorced if yeah. you hadn't seen the show. Watching all their performances of this too, mm-hmm. they do so well and they perform this live. I love it. Every single performance of it, I love. My favorite one, and we'll talk about this maybe after we do the song, the song, because I don't want to break it up, but I really want to talk about this Disney special. Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay, so when they performed this song specifically, they you can so tell that they weren't actually having sex because their sexual tension, oh my God. <laughs> Especially for a song that's not about sex at all. Right. The way that they're like touching each other and the way they're just so, again, in sync. And I like can't. passionate. Yes. I don't know what else were to say. They're just so in sync. Like you can tell that they are in a great relationship at the time that it's like it was so perfect like they're both great singers they have this amazing song together like they're at disney like what could be better you know it just seems so it's like they're on fire that it just was like clearly a moment you know right and then her fashions video she's wearing an invisible ring or a floating ring do you remember those yeah i couldn't believe that i haven't thought about those probably like in 20 years or something which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they made these for every kind of jewelry. They had floating rings, necklaces, even, like, toe rings, anklets. And it was, like, a clear string. And then there'd be, like, a diamond. Not a real diamond, but, you know, cubic zirconia or whatever. A rhinestone. And so from far away or in pictures, you it just looked like it was floating on you. Yeah. And that just, like, that took me back. I was like, <laughs> wow. And then she's wearing that gown. It just looks so stunning on her. Yes, that plunging back. I noticed that they didn't show it fully. Like, they showed it from the side. And then when they did show her back, it was, like, a little further up her back that the shot was. Mm -hmm. And I think it might be because her butt crack was showing. Because it went, (laughs) seriously, it was, like, far. It was dangerously low. Yeah, and Jessica actually wrote in her book that one of the reasons why Tommy forced her to have the belly shirt in the next video is because this didn't perform that well and I guess he was convinced that like she wasn't sexy enough I think she's sexier in this video in I think I'm in love with you yes she's sexy but she's sexy in a in a normal like young girl kind of way that you can be sexy when you're a 19 year old girl but in this one that plunging back that doesn't really go with this song yeah because the song's sad but it's very like sensual I guess in a a way where it's I think I'm in love with you is so poppy and upbeat where you're not really thinking of her like oh she's so sexy sensual is the perfect word for it oh thank you yes At least those particular shots. Because it's also, it's just like very dark. It's a little more moody. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tommy Mottola is an idiot, but what else is new? Moving forward. <laughs> so next we have Final Heartbreak. What are your thoughts on this? I don't like it. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to be completely honest. It's not my favorite. I was trying to see if this was one of like the last songs added to the album. And the reason being was this just sounds very much like Tommy was angrily glaring at Jessica through the booth like like the pronunciation needs to be more similar to Britney like they definitely I have no doubt in my mind that they were going through a bin of songs that Britney rejected and they pulled this out there's no doubt yeah because it's just the pronunciation the production of the song like it just out of all the songs on the album this is the one that I was just like it didn't fit the theme of the album. It just didn't make sense to me. I like this song. I think I like it more than you, but I agree. It actually sounds less like Britney's album, and it sounds more like her B-sides. It sounds like Autumn Goodbye, which, by the way, I've always been obsessed with that song. Shout out to the obsessed Britney fans out there that know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and Deep in My Heart, which was one of the songs she performed on her little mall tour when she had her pigtails and a tie. 
iconic and these songs are like fun pop songs but they're not really as good as the songs that made her album and like some of the songs on her album are like kind of whatever too but this is it sounds so much like it to me the one thing I do like about the song is I like the message of it I like that she's saying to this guy like this girl broke your heart but now I'm in your life right and this that was your final heartbreak and now I'm here we can be together yeah yeah so I like the concept of this song and I'm really surprised this wasn't a single like I'm glad it wasn't but I I'm surprised Tony or not Tony Tommy <laughs> same difference <laughs> whoever that right. guy um that guy with the gel in his hair didn't say to her get that tight little tank top on and get on that stage with your mini skirt and sing this and promote Time to this. shake it right oh my gosh <laughs> that was like a very scary impression I'm unnerved <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. okay. <laughs> so next, can we talk about how Beyonce is on this album? I love this. I don't think you're going to agree and that's fine. I don't care. We don't need to have the same opinion about everything. I really feel like this should have been a single or they should have promoted this song a little bit more. I absolutely agree that this should have been a single. She had Destiny's Child. Right. I mean, they weren't as big at this time, but... This is when their album, The Writings on the Wall, mm-hmm. came out. And they were really, their videos were so good. Like, Say My Name is so iconic with all the different color rooms and they match the outfit. Yeah. I loved their videos and I, I love Destiny Childs. I was a huge fan of them. So if they had joined forces, which they did, but Destiny's Child is almost an afterthought in this song. Like, I get that it's Jessica's song, but you have Beyonce there and you're not going to give her a really good part. Jessica and Beyonce both have such powerful voices. They should have really been singing strongly together. They should have. I think that was kind of a fail on the record company's part, Mm -hmm. but for what we have. So happy it happened. Yeah. And then I actually found something and like this made me so happy. It was one of Jessica's journal entries when she was on the heated up tour at 98 degrees. She said, after my show the other night, this girl came to me and pulled me aside to talk to me. If you've seen the show, you've heard my song, Woman and Me. I talk about loving yourself for you. Anyway, this girl told me how encouraged she was by the lyrics of the song that it basically changed her outlook on herself and appearance. This is the very reason why I've been put in this position. I love to encourage people. I feel God is going to use me as a positive role model. If you never hear my name again, it's okay with me because I'm not in this for stardom. My heart's focus is impacting the world in a positive way. This tour has given me so many opportunities and this is just one. Thank you for everything. And like, she think, like, thinks the tour and like, I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> Like I said, so intentional in all of her interviews and every time she speaks about anything on this album, she just is so passionate about letting God work through her and impacting others. And it's just, it just makes me love her so much. She did talk about this in a few different interviews. In this other, this interview that I've been talking about, the first interview she ever did, she said, it's about loving yourself. It's all about self-esteem, about finding the beauty within your soul and letting it come out. Mm -hmm. And another one, she said, it's a very inspirational song. It's so important to me that people love themselves for who they are and that they appreciate all the beauty that's in their soul. That broke my heart a little bit because that's what she feels and believes. And here's this guy telling her, you need to lose weight, even though she was already skinny. And even if she hadn't been skinny, that's okay because you don't have to be skinny in order to be successful no so it just kind of hurts me that she at this young age understood that and didn't really have that insecurity really I mean I'm sure she had insecurity like any other teenage girl but she really couldn't practice what she preached because she was being forced not to yeah it makes me so sad that she was hungry (laughs) I'm gonna feed her when she comes over to my house for dinner like whatever whatever you want like one of everything I'm gonna text her and be like girl I'm going to A&P what do you need send me a whole list and we'll get it going yeah but I it is a good song they didn't take full advantage of what they had there Mm -mm. 
And I wish it was a video and all of that, but I'm still happy this exists. It's really cool that they did a song together. Yeah. And they're both Texas girls, Beyonce and Jessica, so I love that. Yes, Texas. <laughs> so next we have I've, I've got, got My Eyes on You. How do you feel about this one? I thought this one was really cute. When I was looking up the album on Apple Music to listen to it, it didn't have a star next to it, meaning like it's one of the most popular songs. But I can really see, see this being like a fan favorite at like concerts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like it. It's definitely not one of the stronger songs, but it makes sense with the album. And mm-hmm. it's very cutesy. Like it's very on brand for jessica so i was excited about it yeah it's on brand for the time yeah it's very much just a basic oh my god i have a crush on a guy and it's 1999 right (laughs) yeah because if this was released today i don't think it would have done well but yeah that's okay i didn't really give the song that much thought until i watched the disney special she opens her concert doing this song and god bless her because you know that the songs that represent her soul more are what she really was doing this album for Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine that this one was like her fave or anything but she gives her all she does so well performing this song I watched it several times because I was so inspired I just loved again she has such conviction she knows who she is she is so happy to be there like she is singing the song as if it was sold 10 million copies and won her five Grammys she is just giving her all and she has that headset on you know like that star headset she doesn't want it you know like and just the fact that we know now from her book and everything how she was really feeling and how she was being pushed to do this stuff and this image she didn't really want and she didn't want to have all these backup dancers and all that kind of stuff how much she still gave her all and put so much passion into this performance I was so impressed because when I turned on this special I was kind of like oh this will probably be just like nostalgic fun but I thought it was like a genuinely good special and like a very good concert yeah so that made me love the song a little bit more and I'll definitely go back and watch that performance from time to time yeah she definitely killed the performance and then even on apple music they have a live recording of her performing this and she has like a bucket hat and big sunglasses and like this like huge oversized jacket and like pants that was very like when urban fashion was becoming Uh more like mainstream i've seen a picture of that yeah and it's really cute it's she's giving it her all she has her backup dancers and she's not doing like a full choreography to the song but she's still having like a lot of fun with it and that i love I need to see this. I didn't see this performance. It's, yeah, go on Apple Music and uh, if you just click on like the Sweet Kisses album, it's at the bottom. It's not an official music video. Right. Yeah, I thought that was cute. I'm so excited to watch that later. (laughs) (laughs) So next we have Betcha She Don't Love You. Mm -hmm. This one is my least favorite. In the same way that Final Heartbreak sounds like it came from Britney's album, this one sounds so similar to Christina Aguilera's filler songs on her album. Yeah. And I also just don't like competition songs between women or girls. I just, I don't like the whole, she can't do it like I do. I'm so much better. I know you want me. Please be with me. I just Mm -hmm. don't really like that whole vibe. I don't, for someone who puts out such positive messages to young girls, I just feel like this is kind of petty and like, it's like a forgettable throwaway song for me. Yeah. Because it's just, what's the point? Like, if you have to beg and fight for someone's attention, it's not worth it. Just walk away. Yeah. And all the girls had songs like this. Mm-hmm. Even Madonna. I mean, Madonna was much older when she came out with it, but she has a song called She'll Never Be Me or She's Not Me. No, uh, Britney had She'll Never Be Me. That was like a demo that never got fully recorded. So they just, she recorded like a verse and a chorus of it, but never finished it. And so some fan put it together and just looped it like three times. So it was like oh, a full song. Kind of cool, but a little weird. Yeah. And I don't really like that concept and I don't know why everybody had to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Next we have My Wonderful, which is a bit more Jessica. I love this one so much. It's pretty. It's another one that seems to reference her faith with, you know, an angel coming into your life. Mm -hmm. And this is another song where she was able to incorporate her beliefs without it being a Christian album or a Christian song. And I actually really, like, I love this because that's how I feel, like, when someone really important comes into your life, whether it's a romantic relationship, which I've totally felt this way before in that way, but even just a friend or somebody, it to me it is, like, an angel coming into your life. I just love that whole concept. Yeah, just, like, someone who's productive protective and so sweet and it's just there like she says my wonderful like it's really cute yeah (laughs) i like this a lot better than final heartbreak though like i feel like this betcha she don't love you and final heartbreak i feel like we could have got rid of those where it's like this one is i feel like this is stronger than those three like those three were kind of my least favorite on the album Mm -hmm. so next we have sweet kisses Mm -hmm. which love I love this song. Thank you. This song is so good. And I didn't expect it to be because even though I'm like a cheesy romantic person, the title Sweet Kisses is just like weird to me. I don't know. It's just like too cutesy or something. Yeah, I was like, "Mm, okay. Yeah, but this song is beautiful and she sounds so good. This was perfect because it's the perfect amount of like we talked about like where you are where it's like sensual and passionate but not too sexy and Mm -hmm. I just I just love this song so much. She completely sells it. I don't understand how she can be so sophisticated Mm -hmm. and then so innocent at the same time. That's like an oxymoron but she does both in this song and it shouldn't happen but it does and it shouldn't work but it does. I wish there was a video for this so (laughs) badly. Like, I want to say she sells it so well, but she's, I don't need to buy it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, right. it just feels genuine. Yes. And it, I think it has like the best melodic structure compared to a lot of her songs. Not that her songs aren't great, but this one is just on the next level to me. Yeah. And I love how frank the lyrics are, like how she's singing about how this guy didn't have enough money to take her out. Yeah, she's like, but that's okay. It's she's not what I care. need. <laughs> yeah, I just want your sweet kisses. It's just beautiful. It's kind of the opposite of no scrubs. Yeah. She's like, seriously. if you don't have a job, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah, so that one, it's my favorite of the songs that aren't Mm. singles, for sure. Yeah. So next we have Your Faith in Me. This I love. I love the song as a whole, but I also love the duality of it because if you just remove Baby from the song, she could just be talking about her relationship with God and like how God just has his faith in her and she has Mm -hmm. her faith in him and like I love that. I feel like it is a romantic song. It's a song that doesn't have to be romantic. It could be for other loved ones and then it is also about a connection with a higher power. So it has all these meanings that really makes it universal for everybody yeah because it really is so lovely on a different level when you realize that this person doesn't just love you or find you attractive or whatever they really have faith in you and they believe that you can do things I mean if you're lucky we've all had moments of like that in a relationship where someone my boyfriend would talk about my success in the entertainment business so frankly like he would just like we'd be talking about something and he'd be like well what if you get a movie or something and then you have to travel it's going to be hard to do whatever and I'm like I love that you think I could get a movie and go somewhere you know what I mean like I never movies are so hard like I of all the work I've done like I haven't done that many movies it's like very hard I've never had a speaking part in a movie ever it's very hard so the fact that he said that as if that would just casually happen I was like wow he really has faith in me like he thinks that this dream I have is not just a dream he thinks that it's very likely that this could happen and I just think that that is really what she's singing about here in addition to the religion part of it right and then there is a very beautiful story from her book oh about this so she 
did join forces again with Destiny Child. They performed at grad nights at Disney. They had some fans come backstage and a girl brought her friend backstage and her friend's name was Lauren and she said, Lauren is blind. And so Jessica was like, is it okay if I hold your hands? And she said, yes. And then the girl was like, oh, you sound like you. Like you sound like Jessica. And she's like, oh, good. I hope so. (laughs) That's something she would say. I love that. Yeah. She said that she loved... I think I want to love you forever but that her favorite song on the album was your faith in me and she said I listen to it when I'm down you sing from the heart I can tell and she didn't usually perform the song at grad nights but she didn't want Lauren to be let down so she made sure to perform Aww. the song and she said that she wanted to bring her on stage for it but for some reason security wouldn't let her there was something about it that she couldn't so she dedicated the song to her from the stage and she said that you know it was so important to her because of everything that we've been talking about all these quotes that she's saying about touching people and reaching people and how it's not about having a belly shirt on it's about really connecting with others and having people that she doesn't even know be comforted and inspired by her music and again like you said in that other quote even if nobody else ever hears her song or she loses all her money or she never has a hit again it doesn't matter because she's done what she came here to do yeah she describes it as this song is about going through something alone but getting through it knowing that somebody who isn't even there believes in you i love that it's lovely (laughs) so then we have our last song written by jessica yes heart of innocence which we all know what this is about Mm -hmm. girl we've been through this the story behind it as told by jessica in this again this first interview she said this was her favorite song on the album Mm -hmm. she said it's about me saving myself for my husband there's a really cool story behind it. I hadn't had a boyfriend in like a year. I was writing in my journal because I write in my journal all the time and I was upset and I was praying. I was like, God, I just really need you to be my companion right now. I fell asleep when I was writing in my prayer journal and I woke up in the middle of the night and God was like, write a letter to your husband. And so I did. And that's the song. Oh, it's come together so perfectly and I'm so excited. It's a real power ballad. Again, that she even had... beautiful. I know, like, that she even had the confidence to tell someone this in her first interview. They weren't... If you listen to the interview, it's it's on YouTube. It's from Popstar, and there's a first part and second part. It's, like, 20 minutes all together, and it's very scratchy. It's over the phone. Joe gets on first. He's like, hi, I'm Jessica's father. (laughs) It's just so down to earth. And the interview is really good. And again, she just speaks so confidently. She knows exactly what she's talking about. She's not nervous. The interviewer is not prying. I don't think he knew about her virginity or anything like that yet this was very early on and so she just kind of volunteers all this information and she's just like guess what i love it she's just she's herself you know yeah just being candid and genuine right like that's not something that people usually just like drop into the conversation this happened because he said what's your favorite song on the album Mm -hmm. and she said well it's probably the song that i wrote (laughs) if you listen to it it's just you should listen to it later and all of you out there if you haven't heard it listen to it because it's just so it just really sheds a lot of light on the very beginning of all of this yeah and then kind of on the topic of the song still there was a picture i had shown you We'll post it either in the story or in the feed of like Jessica, she's in a bathtub and there's just bubbles all over her. And I guess it was someone who had interviewed her about her album and the caption for the photo says, making a splash, a squeaky clean image hasn't hurt the career of pop princess Jessica Simpson. The daughter of a Baptist minister, Simpson preaches premarital abstinence in interviews as well as ballads like Heart of Innocence. It's just like they could have tried to twist this to try and make it look more sexy. Like the picture's very innocent. Like Jessica's covered, you can't see anything and she's just kind of smiling at the camera but they could have tried to like put like a different song with this and kind of like betcha she can't 
love you or something like that to try and make it seem just more sexy where mm-hmm. it's just like here like no like she's just wholesome mm-hmm. yeah she is who she is and she never needed to copy Brittany or Christina and if it was up to her she wouldn't have no I just love that this is oh uh, it makes me so happy like it's such a respite from my other frustration because it's like <laughs> I'm so happy that this is on here because it's her writing and it comes from her heart and Michael Jackson always used to talk about how they would ask him about Billie Jean or Thriller or mm-hmm. Beat It and they'd be like how did you think of that like where did that come from and he's like it's not me it just came from God like I just woke up and I just had the sound in my head he kind of was saying that he doesn't even really feel like he's this genius because he didn't in his mind he didn't do it he was also a very strong believer in God so he would just say like it's God I didn't do anything and this is very much first of all I love that she said God was like Because it makes me picture Jesus being like, girl, you need to write about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing is a lot of, and this is totally fine, but a lot of Christian people talk about God in this like very precious way. And she talks about God like he's her best friend that she sees yeah. every day. I but, love that though. Yes. Because to her, I mean, even though she doesn't physically see him, to her, he is always with her. Like it's just very genuine. I know I've said that a million times, but it really is. It really is. She actually told CNN in December of 99 couple weeks after this came out they said she espouses abstinence as being among the values most important to her that's something that's really really close to my heart I would never press it on anybody it's just something that I want to give my husband and it's something that's really special to me and hopefully one day special to him the lyrics are so like some of them are very heavy-handed which makes sense because she's just writing in her journal and I feel like anybody else I would have been like this is so I don't know, not cheesy, but it's just too something. It might have seemed too precious, I think, from somebody else. Or if you didn't know the whole story, you'd kind of be like, is this for real, you know? Yeah. I love how even at the end she says, I love you. Yeah. Like, that's like the last line of the song. Yeah, that's the last thing that you hear on the album. That's what you're left with. I'm so happy that they let her do this. She said that Tommy took a particular interest in this, which was... Probably partially because it was just the virginal angle that Brittany had already started talking about. But obviously, again, the difference was that there was much more conviction to Jessica's belief in this. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's completely fine that Brittany changed her mind and decided not yeah, to Yeah, we're wait. allowed to change our opinions as we grow. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's that's one thing I hate when people are like, oh, you're a hypocrite. It's like, no, I changed my mind. There's a difference between having a double standard and just growing as a person. Yes. Everybody is allowed. Yes. So that is the album. There were a lot of really rude reviews for this. Jessica mentions a couple of them in her book, actually. And this is one of them. It's from Entertainment Weekly. I don't want to focus on negativity, but I'm more reading this because it's so ridiculous and silly that it just kind of shows that she couldn't win. It didn't matter what she did. People didn't take pop seriously and they were just teenage blonde airheads to these people and they just wanted more serious music, I guess, which I don't know what's more serious than talking so frankly about your religion and the love you have for other people and how much you miss your cousin who passed away. I don't know what's more real than that. But anyway, it says Jessica Simpson, a melodramatic 19, chirps cheeky Mariah Carey-isms on Sweet Kisses, a subpar portfolio, missing the soulful target almost every time. That just couldn't, it could not be less true. She's incredibly soulful. Yeah. Do you want to see the woman in me? Let me show you. She lasciviously hisses in one laughable instance, backed by a doo-whopping Destiny's Child. 
a little racist, I think. Yeah. Doo-wopping. They weren't really, they no. weren't doing a doo kind of thing, really. It says, uh, thanks, but no, kid. Been there, mm-hmm. done that. Mom's waiting for you outside in the station wagon. Yeah. That's the line that Jessica mentions in her book. And she made a joke about it in the book and she says something like, I was confused by that. If anything, it would be a convertible <laughs> or something. She's yeah. like, my mom has taste. Excuse me. So that was insane and it's so wrong to say that in The Woman in Me, she lasciviously hisses. Yeah, when... What? I, I listened to the song and I didn't hear her going... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's not... <laughs> even in something like Slave for You, mm-hmm. Britney doesn't hiss, but it's like very breathy. Drawn it's very out. sexual. Yeah. It's a little dramatic. And this is... I feel like The Woman in Me is just like a very fun expression of self-love and there's nothing lascivious. Like that doesn't even, that really doesn't fit at all. I feel like they use the wrong word almost. Yeah, I just feel like they were just trying to drag Jessica because uh, Entertainment Weekly rated the album as a C- and called it a subpar portfolio. Yeah. Like what? what? This one was a little bit better. So it's from All Music. And it says, into the fray arrived Jessica Simpson. Mm -hmm. And again, just by the way this starts, into the fray, meaning, you know, there's so many other people and here's another one. Mm -hmm. Unlike some of her peers, a mere finalist for the new Mickey Mouse Club instead of a full-fledged member with her debut, Sweet Kisses, an album that positions her as the teen Celine Dion. Yes, honey. Sure, she delves into the frothy dance pop that's teen pop's stock in trade. But the heart of her album lies in the adult contemporary ballads like her breakout hit, I Want to Love You Forever, which gives her a chance to show off the richness of her voice. She doesn't oversing like Aguilera occasionally does, even if she has moments where she pushes the envelope slightly, just like her idol, Dion. However, there are already indicators that she's developing her own voice since she is equally capable of delivering danceable urban R&B. Final heartbreak, I've got my eyes on you and woman in me. Mm-hmm. As she is mature balladry which i didn't know that was a word balladry faith in me and the nick lachey duet where you are like most teen pop albums sweet kisses suffers from inconsistent material yet the filler is well produced and performed making the record every bit as listenable as aguilera's fine debut this album is 10 times better than christina's first album and i love christina but it No, I agree with that. Like, it's not comparable at all. As a matter of fact, Simpson proves with this debut that she could very well be a teen pop star. They they wrote popster, not pop star. That (laughs) could easily make the transition into adult artist, and that puts her in a rarefied league with Aguilera and the Backstreets. I assume they mean Backstreet Boys, not the Backstreets. But... It seems like they're putting, they're acknowledging, they think Britney and NSYNC are teen pop bubblegum, possibly don't have longevity, and then they're saying Backstreet Boys and Christina Aguilera are more serious, and Jessica's more like them. Yeah. Whatever, I loved them all, so I like <laughs> have no, I'm, I love them all. And I think these reviews prove that it's just like, people just had their preconceived notions. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I love Lady Gaga, because she had those glasses that had tv screens on them and they said pop music will never be low brow Mm -hmm. i think that she kind of made that era of pop music be taken a little bit more seriously because she insisted on showing her talent by sitting and playing the piano she wasn't just going to do the choreography and stuff and by you know really belting out in addition to having just kind of club dancey just dance and all that kind of stuff right so I'm happy that somebody stood up and was like, listen. Because <laughs> I remember also when she was on Howard Stern, he said, because she was talking about how much she loves classic rock and she's obsessed with Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. and all these other classic rock artists and bands. And Howard was like, 
because in his opinion, that music is so much better than pop music. It's not even comparable, right? Right. So he's like, if you love that music so much, it seems like you really have a passion for it. Why are you doing pop music? Why don't you just do that music? And she's like, because I love pop music. Yeah. To her, she's like, it's not the same, but it's not like that other music classic rock is more respectable than pop music and this is also a sexist thing even though there are male pop stars it's like of course like the blonde young girls are not taken seriously they could literally be curing cancer and they wouldn't be taken seriously somebody would pat them on the head and tell them to go or be like oh who helped you do that who taught you how to do that yes and i hate that so much the worst So during this era, Jessica did quite a lot of touring. Mm -hmm. She was all over the place. She did, like you said, the Heat It Up tour with 98 Degrees. She did the Ricky Martin tour, and that's where she got a lot of fans. I actually found this old Jessica fan site, and the main page of the site, it's an Angel Fire. Ooh. Throwback. (laughs) That is down. But one of the extension pages, which was concert reviews, which was where people that went to the concert would just submit And, you know, it's like typos galore and misspelled words because a lot of them are probably 12. So I just thought it was interesting because somebody posted this on November 7th, 1999. And it says, I went to the Ricky Martin concert on November 7th and saw Jessica Simpson. At first, I had never heard of her and didn't really care that much about her until I heard her sing. That girl has got one hell of a voice. She sang her heart out and gave everyone 200% that night, even though it was only for like three songs. My absolute favorite was I Want to Love You Forever. She is really talented and I enjoyed her thoroughly. I love that. I love that too. I think that also gives really interesting insight into what it was like to not know who she was and then she just comes out and sings and you're like, damn. Also... Shout out to Derek. Went to this concert. Oh my gosh, really? That's awesome. His mom took him. He was in fourth grade. And he says he doesn't really remember it that much, except it was super 90s with the backup dancers and all of that. But I just love, because I know how much he loves her. So I love that he got to see one of her first performances. performances. Yeah, that's such a big deal. Yeah. I love that. I was also confused. Actually, I need to ask Derek about this or someone needs to explain. Because <laughs> there's this other review. From May 5th, 1999. So this was way before her single even came out. Jessica came out after the first group performed. She really got the guys hyped. She came out singing Can I Get Up by Jay-Z. I love that. I love that. That's everything. I need <laughs> the tape. Yes. Please, someone help me. I'm shocked by that. I think that's so cool. And the, this person, Erica, says, Personally, her version was better. Thank you, Erica. Love that. She's saying, I've got my eyes on you. Betcha she don't love you, woman and me. Did you ever love someone and you don't know what love is? Then she talked to the crowd for a while. She still had her country voice, so she sounded really different when she talked than when she was singing. Jessica sings from her stomach and gives her all. She is a wonderful singer and dancer. After the show, her dancers... Her sister is a dancer for her. Oh. We're giving out sample demos of her up-and-coming album, Sweet Kisses. Jessica had a table set up in front on the main exit, and she was signing autographs! Exclamation marks. <laughs> I waited for about 25 minutes to finally get an autographed pick and my sample tape autographed too. She talked to you too. She wasn't like, okay, now that you have my autograph, leave me alone. She gave you a hug and a kiss on the cheek and was very nice. I think that Jessica has a lot to look forward to in the near future. I love that so much. She kissed her. <laughs> That's like so precious. I want Jessica's sweet kisses. Honestly... Fun. I, you know, when I met Jessica, she did not give me a kiss, so I'm confused, but that's fine. I'm sure that's coming in my future, so no worries. (laughs) Probably after you make her dinner. Oh my God. What an (laughs) honor that would be. I really want to do that. 
Okay, so like I said, my favorite performances from this era are the I Want to Love You Forever, Rosie O'Donnell, and the AMAs. But really, any performance of it, she was always on. There's really not a weak performance of it. And again, with Where You Are, they're always so in sync. They're always so on. It's so impressive. And one of my favorite performances of it, maybe my favorite, was at the Disney concert. Now, if you love Jessica and Ashley, because she's in it quite a bit for something that's not about her, you have to watch this. Turn it on immediately. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's Jessica and some, I can't remember, Jason Race or something that I guess he was trying to be a pop star at the time. I shouldn't say it like that. That's mean. But he didn't really have success because I've never heard of him. And I was all over this. I was obsessed with all these people. So part of the concert is his, but... Basically, the first half hour is all Jessica. It's not just a concert. It's also... The premise is basically Jessica's come to California. So they do all kind of California beachy things and go to Disneyland as well. You really get a sense of Jessica's personality. You get a sense of her sweetness, of her charm, where she's from, the whole Texas thing, how much she loves her sister, all that stuff. It's not just PR. It's not just Disney cheesiness or frothiness. It's really good. It is such a good special. I was really impressed because I thought it was just going to be whatever. But not only is the concert amazing, but the behind the scenes stuff I think is really informative seems like the wrong word. Right. But like if you're a young girl watching this and you don't really know Jessica, I feel like it would make you love her. Yeah, it's a great introduction to her. Exactly. And we already talked about the first performance. She sings I've Got My Eyes on You, which made me love the song more then what does she sing next did she do final heartbreak i think she's the final heartbreak next yeah i was just so impressed by the passion that she gave these songs that we know that she wasn't crazy about but she also did your faith in me which i was so happy mm. that they included she does it with a choir we don't get the full performance but i'm so happy because we don't have a lot of live performances of these songs i mean if it's not her single, then basically she didn't really perform. Yeah, it's like non-existent. Well, she did, but it's not, it's non-existent online. Right. I wish somebody had a bootleg of her at the 98 Degrees concert or Ricky Martin. That would be so great. But we have this, which is awesome. And she also does I Want to Love You Forever, of course. And she does I Think I'm in Love With You. And just the whole concert is so incredibly good. I am so happy that this is online. I'm so happy there's professional footage of her performing all these songs and doing an actual concert as opposed to just one performance here and there. Right. Because you really just get a sense of who she is as a performing artist, not just in the video or on the album. And I just can't, like, I can't express enough how good she is, like, how great her performance is. I wrote in my notes, I can't get over in capital letters how much Jessica gives her all here. Given what we know that she didn't want to do the whole headset and backup dancers thing. She seems like such a pro. She's singing live and she's singing live while dancing and she sounds so great. Her energy is amazing. Not to be dramatic, but I'm so proud of her. She looks like she's having so much fun. And that belt at the end in the first song, I've got my eyes on you. Like you just don't expect that from that kind of song. And she delivers so incredibly. And then my other favorite thing is the sister's little day trip that they go on where they go shopping was so cute oh my god they go to the salon which the jose iber salon is the one from girls next door Mm -hmm. and they're so cute the scenes are clearly like not scripted but they obviously told jessica like okay now you need to kind of talk about this and actually you need to talk about this but still like it comes off so genuine again i'm using that word and they go to the record store did you notice they were like holding hands They're like very affectionate and sweet with each other, which I love. I loved it. It was so cute. And shout out to Hanson (laughs) because they, Ashley picks up 
Hanson's second CD this time around, which is such a great album. And she's like, well, what do you think of them now? And Jessica's like, I like them. I like Hanson. And Ash is like, me too. Oh, taste. <laughs> so I just thought that it was a really, really cute special. They also do, there's this part with Nick. There's a part where she's sitting on the beach with these girls answering questions. And she mentions that in her book because she thought that questions were maybe like fed to them by somebody because one of the girls asks do you think boys will go to your shows less because you have a boyfriend? And she was like, did you get that from Tommy Mottola? Because he was kind of saying the same thing, like that she shouldn't really be with Nick so much. It just surprised me because I just didn't expect it to be so good and such a good representation of Jessica. I also love the scene where they're in Disneyland and she looks like she's having so much fun with everybody. They're eating corn dogs and she calls them corny dogs. (laughs) So cute. Which, is it a coincidence that... The chicken of the sea thing and the buffaloes thing, it's both the buffalo wings, it's both food. Confusion about food. And I feel like if she had said corny dogs on newlyweds, they probably would have cut out the part where she explains that in Texas people call them corny dogs. They probably would have cut that out. Yeah. Yeah, they probably would have been like, oh, this is just another Jessica-ism. And it's like, no. I think that's so funny though, because I wouldn't know that. Corny dogs. Yeah. It's really funny. And also the thing that struck me about this is they're in the confectionery and she sees that little boy and she gets like so close to him and like holds his hands and stuff. And then when she sees that baby, she gets like right up in that baby's face, which like I don't recommend. Like I don't think that's a good thing to do. But (laughs) the way that she does it is so it's not like abrasive or anything. You can just tell that she's so motherly and that she's so good with children right away. And it just made me so happy that now she has three beautiful children yes so overall bravo disney can we get more specials because i feel like they know what they're doing yeah that'd be great i remember that there were a lot of these like there was one with britney and in sync but yeah it was like that one though was very very cut up like it was like one britney one in sync i'm trying to think there was another band there it wasn't as good for sure. No, but because that one actually, Backstreet Boys was supposed to perform and they were like, they told Lou Pearlman, who is a giant scumbag, no. Oh my God, I, he's even worse than Tom. Uh, yeah, he makes Tommy, Tommy. look like a saint. Yeah. But um, they told Lou like, no, we're overworked, we're tired, we need a break. Mm-hmm. And Lou Pearlman being the giant D-bag that he was, he was like, oh, okay, and sync, get in there. And sure enough, that was replayed on Disney Channel like every day for like months. Yeah, it was a really big, I remember that being on all the time. They performed in front of the Rock and Roller Coaster yeah. at studios. <laughs> so, okay, I found this other special <laughs> on YouTube. You need to watch it. Don't watch the 30-minute version. There's an, a version that's over an hour. That's the full version, and that's what you need to watch. This special was the first time Jessica performed on television. Apparently, it was the first ever performance of I Want to Love You Forever that wasn't like a little showcase. Okay. Listen to the people that were in this concert, okay? Just take a deep breath. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. This took me out. (laughs) Jessica, 98 Degrees, Mm -hmm. In Sync, Boys and Girls United, Bewitched, LFO, 702, Christina Aguilera, and Britney Spears. Jesus. That's like one day at Coachella. Honestly, like, if I ever get a time machine, I'm going to this concert. That's what I'm doing, okay? Yeah. I mean, I lost my damn mind. I, I don't think I knew about this back in the day. I was probably too young because it wasn't – it was summer 99. Mm-hmm. But out of all of those performers, so they interviewed Brittany and they asked her 
who are you most excited to see on stage tonight? And who did Britney say that she was most excited to see? Jessica. Yes. Oh, that's cute. I love that. I love that. She says Jessica has such an amazing voice, which she does. Mm -hmm. And I just love, obviously, Britney's sales were so astronomical compared to Jessica's, so it's not like it was competition, but she didn't have that air of like, oh, these girls are breathing down my neck. You know yeah, what I mean? She wasn't like, ha ha, and sink. Because, like, just right. She actually did say in sync after, but not in that way. Like, you're right. She said it in yeah. a – She was like, those guys are just so cool or something. Because they really did put on great performances as well. But. Yeah. I just love that she singled out Jessica like that. Like, she knows she got rejected and everything. She was freaking there, you know. So it just – it was a lot. And it was presented by YM – Arizona Jeans and the movie Drive Me Crazy. Love that. That is a time capsule. <laughs> and Melissa Joan Hart hosted this with Bill Bellamy. I don't remember what he was on at the time. I didn't even know who he was back then, but I knew Melissa Joan Hart because, girl, she was Sabrina. Yes. And, and Clarissa. Melissa Joan Hart was everything. Like I know now she just does movies with like Mario Lopez, but trust me, if you're not a 90s kid, which you definitely are if you're listening to this, I can't imagine someone who's like 15 is listening to this, but – Girl, we all know Melissa Joan Hart was queen. So Brittany opens the show, which I think is so funny. I thought they would have her like close it. She does crazy. Mm -hmm. It's all edited with like backstage moments and stuff with all these people. So then LFO performs Summer Girls. Oh my goodness. Which I have, like I can't handle this, how much <laughs> this is taking me back. I loved that song. And listening to the lyrics now, it's like, they say like, Billy Shakespeare had a whole bunch of sonnets. It's all this random stuff. It's like their theme of the song like doesn't have anything to do with all of the things that they say. It's the most random strung together lyrics. It's so bizarre. And it's like the girls of summer or girls of the summer or something like that. Yeah, they, they just bring up all this random stuff that doesn't have anything to do with anything else that they say. Like they say Chinese food makes me sick, but they're singing about hot girls in the summer. I just right. don't get it, but... They R did something. They did. They had a hit. It was a hit for sure. I remember it being on TRL all the time and R.I.P. Rich Cronin. He passed away really young. Oh my goodness. So it's really mm -hmm. sad, but at least he had his moment of success and he made some mark on the pop scene. Right. So Melissa Joan Hart interviews Britney and Christina and they say that Britney like the week before had just recorded a spot on Sabrina and it's just like, what a time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yes. This concert was just my childhood, like my life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> then they did an interview with NSYNC and then Vitamin C is there, but she doesn't perform, which weird. I think is weird. And that was like a whole thing because obviously Vitamin C had the graduation song. Right. We all know that song. That was her major moment. But what was the song that she had? What was her single? Do you remember it? She had that one single that was something. It wasn't like huge, but it was something. And she had, her name was Vitamin C and she had the orange hair. Hold on, I'm going to Google her. And then there was Pink who had pink hair. It was just like getting to be too much. <laughs> it was just like all the themes were just a lot. So then 90 Degrees performs Because of You. Christina gets on stage and does Genie. That was the only song that she did, but at the time, I think that that was the only song that she even had out. It must have just come out because it was in the summer, and I know that Genie came out in June of 99. Right. Then, InSync does I Want You Back. They're wearing matching athleisure outfits, yeah. bright red. They're all wearing the same outfit. It's just so 1999. Like, I don't know how else to say it. If you were alive during that year, you understand me. <laughs> if it wasn't the graduation song, Me, Myself, and I. Yep. Okay. That was it. <laughs> so then Bewitched 
Did you know Bewitched? Yes. I loved them. I remember one day my mom, she was like, did you see the new girl group? They're like the Spice Girls, but they're not. They're from Ireland. They have this cute song where they they say like, blow your house down or something like yeah. a wolf. My mom thought they were so cute. So she bought me the CD and then mm-hmm. I listened to it all the time. But they performed Say La Vie. I love their version of Say La Vie. It's so good. Their version, is that not their song? I'm pretty sure there's another version of it. Really? I thought that was their song. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me just fact check myself before. We're Googling. (laughs) Do you remember 702? They had that song, Where My Girl's At. Yes. They performed that. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm really happy they did because there was absolutely no diversity in this thing. It just goes to show that Destiny's Child made such an impact that they were able to have the kind of success on the level of Spice Girls Mm -hmm. and other girl groups because this was literally all white people. Like, I don't think there was anyone. I mean, Christina's she's half Spanish, but there were no people of color. It just is kind of sad to see the state that things were in. And at least we know now it would be a lot more diverse. But 702... Thank you, girls, for being in there and giving some diversity. So, wait, were you Googling if it's their song? Is it their it song? It is their song. Okay. It was my mistake. Yeah, I don't, I think someone did a cover of it, but I think that's what the confusion was. Okay. So, 90 Degrees performs I Do and The Hardest Thing. I just didn't really watch that. And then, <laughs> even though those are throwbacks, I definitely like those songs at the time. Then mm-hmm. Britney comes back. Thank God. She does sometimes and then Baby One More Time. And she was really cute. Like, she says, like, I'm going to sing this song, and this is the song that you helped me go to number one. Oh, She's so sweet. And, okay, so this kind of annoys me. Again, I love Britney. Britney's part of my very being, okay? Mm-hmm. But she's the only person in this entire concert that lip-synced. And oh. I, I just wonder if the rest of them were like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they were, I mean, at least Sync was on Mickey Mouse Club, and Christina was on Mickey Mouse Club with her, and they must be like, Britney can sing. Like, we all remember this, you know, so. I feel like that depends on the choreography because Britney always had intense choreography, so that might be why. She did, but there are some live performances of these songs that are live. Like, I do remember that, and there are some on YouTube, but for the most part, maybe she was singing a little, but the mix of Baby One More Time is kind of bad because her backup singers are singing live. There's a band and Britney is singing to a track. So at one point, her backup singers, like when they're singing the end and it's, you will be here and give me a sign and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. They're singing so loud and it's clearly live. And Britney's, the track that Britney's lip syncing to is lower. So you can't really even hear mm-hmm. Britney. And I just wonder if the rest of them who were working their asses off, I mean, in sync stance moves, girl, like a lot. They were all, Boys and Girls United performed too, which I was never a fan of them. I don't know their music at all, but they, I know they were from the UK. And so they also were doing full dance routines, singing, like everyone's dancing and singing at the same time. And I just wonder if anyone was resentful or if they were like, hey, we're happy we're singing live. We want to sing live. Or if anyone was like, why does she get to lip sync and we don't I mean I don't know it's just interesting and I just it breaks my heart to this day because I've been to so many Britney concerts and I love Britney but for the majority of concerts that I've been to you know she doesn't sing live so it's the kind of thing where I I always pay a lot for good seats and when I saw the circus store I was like front row because if you're up in the arena and you're seeing Celine Dion you're still gonna have an amazing time if you're up in the nosebleeds for Britney it's not a concert (laughs) you know what I mean you have to make sure you can see her and you you know, you're close up for all of the dancing and the sets and everything. And I just wish that she had the confidence to sing live. Once again, Jessica's following Britney. Good Lord. Give it a break. <laughs> Let Jessica go first with something. 
which we all know she did with newlyweds Mm -hmm. but jessica only has one song she does i want to love you forever and i cannot believe it was her first performance again it's flawless i mean it's it's almost like you don't even need to watch it because it's not different from any of the other ones it's not like it's interesting to see her first performance of it on tv because it's just as good as any other performance it's just like like i said Brittany and christina had so much other experience and training and jessica's just so she didn't have that and yet she still nails it every single time yes exactly (laughs) there's an interview with jessica and melissa joan hart and melissa's like is it intimidating performing after britney and insane and jessica doesn't miss a beat she doesn't say anything weird she's just like yes it's really nerve-wracking especially because this is my first tv performance they also interview 90 degrees backstage and this made my heart swell justin explains that they donated the money that they made from this concert to the victims families from columbine Oh, that's so sweet. I know. I was like, that came out of nowhere because I didn't even think, oh, it's summer 99. So that's a few months after. I mean, I just thought that was so classy and that made me really thoughtful. Yeah, I'm going to stop making jokes about them as a group. I'm going to continue Nick because (laughs) he's his own caliber. Yeah. I'm just going to keep making fun of Nick because he doesn't treat Jessica properly, but the rest of them are on. They're great. They're upstanding men. Not so much Drew. No, but like (laughs) the other half of the group. Amazing. The members that weren't mean to Jessica, but even Nick and Drew, like props. That's amazing. They donated their money you know yeah Insync performs drive myself crazy which i completely forgot about that song love that song remember they were in the mental institution in the video and they were yeah. a little sketchy would not be made today they're like acting crazy they're, yeah they're a in little... a padded room in like silk pajamas but whatever and they're like looking into the camera like they're all nuts and they're like just out there like, oh my I god i think it's chris or joey who's in the street jacket and we're like oh okay joey's in a straight jacket that's right oh my god i actually noticed that when i was watching this joey was a hell of a dancer like he was really giving a lot he was he was great yeah so they do tearing up my heart which closes that iconic concert mm-hmm. honestly people this is gonna wrap up our episode but just <laughs> trust me on this one get yourself something nice like prosecco don't just grab a beer it needs to be nice something fancy <laughs> sit back wear matching pajamas and have self-care and watch this because you will just be uplifted <laughs> it's literally like being in a time machine i was just i couldn't believe that i didn't know all these years that this happened Blew my mind. So thank you to L'Oreal because it was L'Oreal Summer Music Mania. And after this, they continue to do it year after year. One segment I was going to add to this, which it makes me kind of mad, is I was going to add awards. This album was nominated for like nothing. It was nominated for Teen Choice. She Well, she actually, the album was not nominated for anything. She was nominated at the Billboard Music Awards, Top New Artist. Cisco won, which like, okay. For the thong song, I'm assuming. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, not for that specific song, but just in general, Top New Artist. But that was his song. I mean, who, yeah. can you name another Cisco song? No. Of course not. <laughs> she oh, presented... Boy. She presented Destiny Child performed and she wore this really a little out there outfit. It didn't exactly hit the mark for me, but I like that she took a risk. She wore these like black knee high boots, a black sleeveless mini dress and these weird arm warmers that had like different shades of pink fringe on them. I don't know if you've seen this. It's an interesting choice. Definitely set her apart from the crowd. (laughs) And then at the Teen Choice Awards, she won Choice Love Song and Choice Breakout. Both Mm. were for Where You Are. And then she was also nominated for Choice Female Hottie and Choice Female Artist. Unfortunately, she lost. I cannot believe, and I'm just going to close out the episode with this, fuck all of you. Because, (laughs) no, I'm serious. 
I'm serious. <laughs> Please continue. She was not nominated for a Grammy for I Want to Love You Forever. That's really upsetting. That belting? Are you kidding me? That I really feel like she should have been nominated for. Absolutely. Everyone's comparing her to Celine, Mariah, and Whitney, and she didn't get nominated. It just really upsets me. She should have been nominated for Best Female Artist at least. And I know it was competitive. I know you had Christina and Britney and stuff, but they were nominated for a lot of Grammys. Christina's won countless. Britney's won one Grammy. But they've been nominated so many times. I mean, that really was an impressive vocal performance. You cannot tell me that it's not Grammy worthy. Especially since it was her first single. It's not like that was on her second album or third. You know, like that was right off the bat how she wanted people to be introduced to her. Yeah. And I feel like the Grammys, they act like they're so like holier than thou. And the Grammys is rigged. I'm sorry. It's, it's completely rigged. rigged. It, they pay for these Grammys and... They tend to go more with the trendy stuff than the mm-hmm. actual amazing vocal performances. I'm surprised they didn't nominate With You either because that's when Jessica was like hot and on fire and everything and so famous. They didn't nominate that either, which it's not as good of a vocal performance as I Want to Love You Forever, but like nothing is. Right. I just am so, she has not been appreciated and I'm so happy that it's like the tweet that I posted the other day, like she was truly playing the long game, mm-hmm. you know? Not that these people were flashes in the pan. Obviously, Brittany and Christina have had very long careers. But I feel like Jessica was just very calm. She just kind of sat back. She did her thing. She stayed in her lane. She wasn't rude to everybody. She wasn't a diva. They forced her to follow some trends for a while. But once she had the autonomy to do what she wanted and they were following her around with a camera all the time, she was herself. And her success evolved slowly. It wasn't, bam, Baby One More Time comes out, changes the course of the world and all of that. And maybe that wasn't the best course because look what happened with Britney's mental health. You know, maybe I'm I'm happy that that didn't happen to yeah. Jessica because it was a really hard thing for a young girl to handle and she didn't have the people around her to support her and help her the way that Jessica did. This all worked out for the best. The slow build of Jessica's career and now she's, I mean, we all know where she is and what she's doing and it's just unbelievable. So this was the beginning of all of that. I feel like I'm going to get emotional. I'm so happy for her. <laughs> it's just wonderful, but I'm, she deserves at least a Grammy nomination. She's never gotten one. Well, maybe with her new Amazon specials that are coming out, she'll re- record new music and she'll get nominated for the Grammy she deserves. Yes. Madonna didn't win a Grammy until Ray of Light, so that was 16 oh, wow. years into her career, so. Wow, I didn't know that. I mean, I think she was definitely nominated before then, but she no, didn't win. No, but like win. you didn't win, but yeah. So it's coming, Jessica, girl. You just got to get those recordings out. We're, We're waiting. We're so it. excited. <laughs> yes, and that is going to do it yeah. for our review of Sweet Kisses and the whole Sweet Kisses era. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We had so much fun doing this. We did. It's just great to relive it and just watch these different performances, find these interviews, because this way we're becoming more informed about Jessica. We're learning new things, and it just makes sense like long-term about yes. you know how strong she is as, as a person with her beliefs. Yes, it paints a picture. We're chronicling the lives of Jessica and Ashley, and we just want to be thorough. So (laughs) we are so excited to see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We're still new, and it really helps us out when you do that. So if you can take a few minutes... We would love you forever. (laughs) 
Also, don't forget to check out our Instagram. It all goes down at Ashley and Jessicast. Our Twitter at Ashley Jessicast. And we want to know your thoughts, so send us an email, Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com.